Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. Are you following From Within Records on social media? If not, go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, click that follow button. There was just some new shackled news. They're going to be recording the record late June. That's very great news. And that's another reason why you should be following From Within Records on social media so you can stay up to date on awesome stuff like that. I want to shout out everyone who has showed support to the worldwide brotherhood split with gridiron and despise i still love that split front to back two awesome bands and seriously thank you to everybody who showed support who ordered a shirt who ordered a record you guys sold out the gold colorway i know there's less than 20 of the golden black splatter uh, but yeah, the records are going fast and seriously appreciate all of you supporting go stream the record if you haven't yet It's seriously awesome and you guys should be listening to it Also this summer one scene unity comp volume 2 Comes out July 24th mark your calendars It's gonna be a special day an amazing compilation with a bunch of amazing bands So please make sure to look out for that And like I always say please support from within records because they support us on today's episode i got in contact with the band the john candy and uh, for anyone who's not familiar hit pause go look on youtube uh, they have a setup filmed by hate five six at program and it's uh, it, it's insane they're in my opinion a really cool band and they're from right here in orange county so I'm always super stoked to talk to anyone local, and especially uh, dudes that I don't know personally. So I'm always curious, like, oh, like, who are they? And it was really fun for me to talk to them and get to know them. And it's uh, crazy because I stumbled upon them uh, just scrolling through Instagram stories one day. A mutual friend with the band, uh, shout out Tim. Uh, he posted a video from their second show and it was like this insane show. They had like this crazy entrance to program. They had like this light show, which sounds insane. If you've ever been to program, it's not that big of a place. So for them to be able to get creative with the space, it really caught my eye. And I, I just love everything about the band. The music's sick. I, I love the, the themes that they use and their outfits are amazing. So like I said, if you're not familiar, do yourself a favor, go boot up. Spotify, Apple Music, Title, Bandcamp, go open up TikTok. They're on TikTok and look up the John Candy. They just uh, put out a, 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 their latest single, The Bay Harbor Butcher, which is super sick. It's Dexter themed. So if you're a fan of that, you would really appreciate that single. They put out two records last year, staying busy. And I know there's new stuff on the way. So I'm super stoked to put this episode out. It was really fun for me to sit down and talk to them. Find I, I found out that one of them is like a huge Disney fan, maybe even bigger than me, which is crazy to think about. So it, it, was, it was awesome. Such a great conversation. So strap in, enjoy this conversation. And without further ado, welcome to John Candy to the show.
All right, and we're live. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Uh, for everybody listening, I got linked up with the band, the John Candy, which I'm super stoked to have you guys here. Uh, before we get started, can you guys introduce yourselves again? Because we did this off air. Yeah, for sure. I'm Brandon. I'm the singer. I'm uh, Brent over here, lead bass. Uh, I'm Eric. <laughs> I work on the production and uh, I do like a backup vocal. Okay, so yeah. I, I want to give you like my first impression of uh, the band. Um, I, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I was just scrolling through Instagram and I saw. I mean, I'm not sure which show it, it was at Program because I know you guys have played two there, but it was the one where you guys had turned off the lights and had that kind of like cool, um, you know, uh, um, entrance and and like I, I remember watching. It, I'm like thinking like, what the hell is this? And how am yeah. I not aware? And <laughs> and like I, I watched that video and seriously, I, I got serious, uh, you know, FOMO. Uh, and I, I I was seriously so just dumbfounded. I'm like, who like who are these guys? And that was like my first impression of you. And I just felt like like so out of the loop for not being aware of this crazy band playing program. Yeah, no, dude, it was uh, it was a the whole wild experience. Well, I mean, it was the it was the first one where uh, where eight five six came and filmed us. No, no, no. He's talking about the second one. Oh yeah, wait, oh, I'm all mixed up. Where we walked in, yeah, with the lights off. Oh, okay. The one Tim came came to. That's the oh, one. that's the one you yeah. saw. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would go to the eight five six one because like he's the only reason anybody knows who we are. Um, and we were just very lucky and fortunate that he came to that show because he was in town for uh, what do you call it? For, like the hardcore fest or something. Remember that? Yeah. 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 But yeah, no, the one you're talking about, that was, that was, so that, that other one, the 856 one was our first show ever was a program. And the second show also program, uh, that was a kind of like a Halloween show. And so that was where we were like, all right, second show, we got to up the ante. We got to do something even more, more kooky and entertaining. So we just went crazy with the lights and, uh, black lights, strobes and all that fun stuff. And it was just like, it was amazing. Cause that was actually our first show ever where people we didn't know came like Tim and his whole crew came. And that's actually how we met them. Mm-hmm. It was like, whoa! People like know our songs. People know our lyrics. They're they're dancing to our stuff. Like that was just like that was a mind blowing experience for me personally. And uh, just here for for you guys, um, you guys don't have like a, a crew that you roll with to come out and make sure that you know things are popping off and there's at least people moshing. <laughs> our parents. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I mean they go off. I mean. <laughs> Like, no, we don't. Yeah, like my my wife comes under protest. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, we have supportive family members and uh, you know a couple supportive friends that want to come out, but for the most part, it's like I don't know that nobody we really know besides a couple of our friends that are really even into the kind of music we do. So um, it's usually pretty slim pickings unless people are actually there really to see us. Mm-hmm. Okay, for sure. I I just assume that because uh, I feel like you guys kind of have your your thing with the outfits and the you know I feel like you guys have this ongoing theme with the band and the music. So I, I figured um you would show some friends and there would be some you know like a cult like following, but uh th- that's kind of surprising that uh there isn't that from your um you know a close circle. So but it's kind of cool that uh, at least you guys have Tim and everybody that he brings. Oh yeah, totally. yeah. He's like our uh, like mafia boss or something, dude. He's like he's so well connected and knows all these random amazing people who do really cool stuff. And I mean, he's like a kind of a jack of all trades himself. He's kind of become like a fourth, like an honorary fourth member. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, like everyone, like yeah, everyone he surrounds himself is just like just they're all just super cool people. They're just like awesome to hang out with and get to know. And um, it just so happens they like our band. And I don't know, we're pretty damn niche. I don't know. A lot of uh, <laughs> it's funny though because like we can show our we can show our stuff to people who aren't into heavy music and they can get into it just because like the movie quotes and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think it's kind of hard for a lot of people. It's just I don't know. Heavy music can can be a lot. It's a lot of screaming. Yeah, pretty intense. But uh, obviously for me, I, I felt like I was pretty familiar with that style just because of the type of music that I normally listen to. So I, I wasn't too caught off guard. But for you guys as individuals, uh, what type of music do you listen to and uh, what influenced the band? Can we go first? What do I listen to? Oh, dude, I listen, I'll listen to anything. Uh, metal, hardcore, um, 90s, new metal, totally. <laughs> Don't be shy. What are your favorite bands? Oh, <clears throat> Raging It's the Machine, uh, 90s Limp Biscuit. Uh, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Okay, for sure. That's chill. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, not a bad choice. Uh, you know, pretty extensive discography when it comes to Rage and uh, Limp Biscuit is cool. Pan- Pantera. Gotta have the Pantera. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, we're, yeah, I think, I don't know, to an extent, I think we kind of have kind of diverse musical tastes because two of my favorite bands i think these guys both hate my favorite band of all time is nirvana number two is thrice um what's that (laughs) yeah head pe (laughs) yeah head pe dude (laughs) but um yeah i mean i'm kind of all over the place with my musical tastes um i i definitely gravitate towards metal and heavy music but then kind of ironically and funny my two favorite bands aren't really that heavy. I mean, there's some heavy thrice and some heavy Nirvana, but it's nothing like deathcore <laughs> or anything, anything like that. By you, Eric? Um, yeah, I would say like l- lately, I listen to like a lot of like uh, post-punk goth kind of stuff, like bands like um, like Vows, Drab Majesty, uh, Soft Kill, like those. That's like what I'm really into. For the most part um i think it's like w- when i work on the songs i listen to it so much that like i find myself listening to heavy stuff less and less uh, on my free time so which i personally love and appreciate because the <clears throat> i think the influence that eric brings to the table from all the other kind of different stuff that he listens to gives the songs kind of their own feel and and uh just makes them sound like something for me something i've never heard of at least in heavy music and like especially like we definitely i mean I, we're 80s kids so like i'm for sure very very into 80s music and uh synth wave has gotten really big recently and so in the last several years and so we started getting a lot more of that influence in our stuff and i think with the last album we started doing a little more 90s um because you know we're 80s slash 90s kids and it was super fun to kind of play with all that stuff too um it, it's pretty interesting to hear um your guys's um influences because when i imagine the type of music that you guys listen to i i picture you to have like some sort of like like at least hardcore ties just um based on the you know type of music that you play and obviously um out here in orange county it's kind of hard to escape when you're in these subgenres. absolutely well yeah i mean yeah you got like throw down bleeding through uh i don't know all those guys i think we love all those bands Oh, yeah. I mean, we all grew up on that stuff, too. Like, early 2000s, we were at <laughs> shows like that at Coos Cafe and Chain and, and uh, Showcase okay. and all those places pretty much every weekend. I mean, one of Eric's favorite bands of all time is Bane, yeah? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Like, Bane, 
um, Taken. Uh, oh my God, there's like so many. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm, I'm, I think out of the three of us, I'm way more into like the hardcore, hardcore. So it's mm-hmm. like, I love bands like American Nightmare, um, Bane, you know, uh, Trial, like all, all that kind of stuff. That was like what I was, that was like my first love back in the day. Yeah. So yeah, I think, oh, go yeah. ahead. I was just going to say, I think for me, it's, I've always been more into like, like genty kind of stuff. Even before it was Gen, obviously it was like Meshuga and, and, uh, bands like that. But I mean, I, I have appreciation for all heavy music. And I feel like Brent's like, you're mostly into like more like groovy kind of heavy stuff. Yeah. 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 Groove metal. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, for for me being a, a a transplant, even though like I've lived in Orange County since 2010, um, I, I still uh, sometimes I'll still feel like a tourist. But I, I feel like with the uh, newer crop of like hardcore kids growing up in like this area, or even just in Southern California in general, I feel like a lot of people are starting to forget those bands like Throwdown, Bleeding Through, which I'm so proud of i love representing orange county hardcore and like i love those bands so i always try to do my best to uh, you know keep them relative and uh, keep them like in people's memory so nobody forgets uh like you know a couple years ago i had on dave peters on the podcast which was like a dream for me and (laughs) yeah and then to to hear that you guys um (laughs) Uh, you know, have been to the uh, showcase theater. Uh, in my opinion, it's like like probably one of the best venues um, ever out here. Uh, oh, I, sure. Yeah. Did you ever go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm oh. I'm 32, so I've I've been around for a bit. But yeah, I, I've I've been to the showcase plenty of times. Oh yeah, that was uh, yeah. I agree. Probably one of my favorite venues. Like you guys, I would think probably too. Oh, Just yeah. saw so many good bands. Our old band, we actually played there. Uh, we were in a metalcore band together back in like 2005 ish or something like that. We, we were so lucky. We got to play a show there with uh, the Acacia strain and Caliban and okay. was it what else? That's uh, like the city. Oh, like the city. Wait. And through the eyes of the dead. No band oh. called the like city. I think they had a, a girl singer. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. They were like San Francisco or something. Right? Oh. Yeah. They're, they're in band because I, I saw a similar show. Um, it was like the only show that I ever got, like it was probably the show that I got like hurt the most. Like I got punched like square in the face during the Acacia <laughs> strain, but it was um, headlined by through the eyes of the dead Acacia strain played and like the city played. So that's why I, I, I oh. figured it, it could have been very the same show. Yeah. And we got, we were very lucky too. We got to play that same tour because we only played like two of the shows. Mm-hmm. We also played at the uh, whiskey and, they had to run up uh, on stage uh, with Vincent uh, when Acacia Strain was playing. They're like, oh, "I'll see you at the bottom of the barrel." Like that was just like the mo- one of the most fun moments I've ever had in hardcore. Just running up and screaming at you, just like grab me, and I was, oh man, I just, that was the best. And like it's funny you mentioned that, uh, Dave Peters because like just the other day, so like I'm in a Facebook group called uh, the MySpace Revival. It's got like five thousand members, and it's all just like these random people probably my age i'm like i'm in my late 30s and uh all just talking about like oh remember this rad myspace band and blah 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 and somebody the other day was like oh anyone does anyone fuck with throwdown and i was like oh yeah the keith barney days dude i love throwdown <laughs> it was just super funny that you said that because i just now i've heard of, heard about somebody mentioning throwdown a couple times in the last couple of days makes me happy uh, okay I, i'm curious myspace revival group uh, are you guys just talking about just the good old days or are you guys actually trying to bring something back because myspace is still an active website but uh, obviously yeah, I, our MySpace I, is still up. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't even know it was an active website no yeah because i'm the only one who does any of our receiving navigate i hate that thing wait what's that 
I don't like the, well the new MySpace. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know who uses it. I think it's more just a bunch of like nostalgic people who are just like, I miss MySpace music, like that era, I guess. Of, yeah. Like, mostly heavy music. It's like I know even in that group, like a couple of the members of uh, I don't know if you heard of Sue Space Cowboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in that group too, so they're always like commenting on stuff and. Um, it's yeah, it's just a bunch of people who are just like saying, "Hey, I'm nostalgic about this music, and so let's talk about it." Um, and I, I'm kind of like the only one in the band that does any of our social media stuff. So like a lot of that stuff that we end up talking about, they're like, they have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, I don't even have social media. Period. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. I, I've had my Twitter since like 2008 which is fine but i feel like i've slowed down a lot because i i was using twitter like you know when it was originally created you know posting about every little thing that you do talking about you know going to the restroom all that bullshit but um just over the years i feel like i've gotten just less personal about it because um maybe it's because i'm like older and i've been on it for so long i i feel less inclined to post every little thing that i do like i'll just post random stuff here and there but for the majority of my uh, social media presence it's all just about promoting the podcast or talking about like disneyland Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so you want to talk about Disneyland? We got your man right here. Yo. Okay. We'll get to that because I, I that, that's awesome. I love ta- like running into people and just finding out that they like Disney because to me, um, I, I, since I, I like it so much, I, I can go on forever. So um, we can eventually get there. But that's awesome. Um, He's got the trash can. He owns one of the trash cans. That is kind of trash can. Tons of park memorabilia signs. Thunder Mountain line sign. Anyways, we'll talk. <laughs> okay, we'll get there. That, that that's amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, I I do credit MySpace a lot for my early days when it comes to uh, like you know heavier music because uh, I was that guy who was jumping from like top eight to top eight just trying to f- like figure out new bands that I liked, and that was like the easiest way for me because obviously you know friends want to help out their other friends so they would you know put random bands in their top eight and that's how I discovered so much music early on. Yeah. Yeah, no, MySpace was super fun for music. I think that since I'm like the, the one doing all our social media stuff, I think, I think the one friend that's like driven me the most nuts about social media in general is just like how many people just like don't respond to anything. Like I'm super anal retentive about like if somebody reaches out to us, mm-hmm. either DM or a comment or whatever, I respond to pretty much everything, especially if it's a question, I will definitely respond. Like the only time I won't respond is really as if I didn't see it. Okay. Um, it's just kind of interesting to me because social media platforms, obviously they're built like ad platforms or whatever, but like from a social perspective, it's like these things are built for people to interact with each other and, and you know, bands to interact with fans and vice versa. So like when people don't respond, God, it drives me insane. <laughs> it happens so often. Like I, I just don't get it. Like even like, there's this awesome Instagram that, that uh, we follow that, uh, called Instagram breakdowns and the guy who runs it, Jake, he's like the coolest dude. He's super supportive of our band. And uh, he just posted our uh, recent music video for the Bay Harbor butcher, our, our Dexter inspired song that just came out. And uh, like, I was responding to everyone that was commenting on the video. I was commenting back to him responding. And he's like, dude, that's like cool that you respond. Like most bands. Cause he posts random bands all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking like, four times a day sometimes he said most of the bands just don't respond i'm like why like these are the people that are like that are going to listen to your music and that are, are fans of your band they want to hear from you like i just i don't get it yeah it, it is mind-blowing because uh trust me there's been uh instances where i've reached out to uh, certain members of bands or um, you know just hit up the band account and just have gotten zero response and I, i've always uh, kind of been like okay i'd rather 
get told no than ignored. And it, it, it is a little frustrating, but obviously I, I have like pretty thick skin. So I'm just like, all right, whatever. Um, if, if they're just not going to respond, cool. And, and I'll, I'll just keep moving on because there's obviously um, so many people on this uh, planet that are, um, you know, down to respond and, you know, that I'm more than willing to have on the podcast. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, I think sometimes sending messages to, to some people or bands or whatever, like they might not see them because like, I know like the way Instagram's filters are, they're kind of weird. So it's mm. like, if you're not following each other, if one person's not following the other, like it won't go into their inbox. It goes into like almost like a spam folder or something like that. Yeah, so I will yeah. get some people in bands credit that that might be some of it, but I don't know how much of that it actually is. Yeah. And I, I, I appreciate that you are willing to you know interact with the people who are you know mentioning your band because uh, for me, Whenever uh, people that I don't know or people who listen to this podcast um, try to reach out and you know say kind words or you know um, correct me on stuff that I, I may have I misspoke on the episodes, I, I totally appreciate that, and I always do my best to respond to everybody because I, I always try to make it very clear that I'm just just a random normal dude doing this podcast, and I want to talk to the people listening because I, I I think it's cool that people actually take the time out of the day to uh, you know sit down or or put it on like whenever they're doing anything. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Totally agree. Um, and you, you you talk about your um, social media. I, I find it very interesting that you created a TikTok for the band because I've like thought about it. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen any band in the you know subgenre of hardcore or anything um, promote a, a TikTok or even have the link in any bio. So I, I thought that was really interesting. And I was curious why you felt the need to create a TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> funny you should ask. Uh, no, the reason that I actually did it is because um, – like that's like the mo- the up and coming like most popular social media platform out there. Like people are starting to move away from Facebook and Instagram a lot of for philosophical reasons, and and you know the, the ad stuff is starting to really drive people nuts. I get it, dude. Instagram like literally scrolls your feed. Every other picture is an ad. Mm-hmm. The story, every other thing's an ad. Of course, that's what's going to end up happening with with TikTok eventually. But right now, it's kind of like like this. Even though it's been around for a while, I think originally it was called Musically. Yeah. Um, it's, it's more in its infancy compared to these other platforms. So they're not nearly as ad heavy. So it's like, you can like, <laughs> I guess you can go mindlessly scroll like you used to with all these other platforms and not get hit with ads every two seconds. Um, but yeah, that, the other part of it was just to reach potentially people who might not hear us otherwise. Like there's you know people that are probably only on TikTok. So like, the, the kind of, I think what you have to do nowadays as a band, or if you're promoting something or whatever, you got to be as, on as many platforms as you can. So I just try to put it, put us out there as, as much as possible. And you don't mind that it's Chinese spyware? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that's a kind of uh kind of kind of crazy dude like yeah we almost got shut down last year it's, yeah um, pretty big deal i mean i put the same things that i'm on there that i'm posting everywhere else and mm-hmm. I, know, I guess i feel better because you can't see our faces <laughs> yeah i i when i went to go create a, a tiktok i tried to get my like actual name my first and last name which is like pretty unique i don't think i've ever met anybody else with my same first and last name and mm-hmm. it uh, when I went to go register, it said that it was already taken. And it was the first time oh. ever um, since I, I started using my uh, my government name on like, you know, platforms that I ran into that issue. And I was just so surprised. And wow, I wonder who and why somebody created that on TikTok of all platforms. What's what is your full name? Uh, just Jamie or Kay. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, we get super lucky. Like, I think besides 
Oh, I think we got Bandcamp. I think literally the only thing we don't have is just thejohncandy.com because there's a Brazilian band called the John Candy mm-hmm. uh, that actually started after us. Um, but they they have the domain unlocked. But otherwise, I've been able to get the John Candy on pretty much every major platform. We've been very fortunate. Mm-hmm. And I did come across that band on YouTube. And I was like, this is not what I'm looking for. This is interesting. <laughs> the songs are a little different. I'm not interviewing these guys. <laughs> that, that was phase one of the band. Yeah. Okay. Early days. <laughs> okay. So, uh, speaking of, uh, you know, uh, phase one, early days of the band, uh, how did this uh, band come together? Because I, I, I'm so curious how you guys decided to, you know, come up with, uh, you know, the, the the band name, the outfits, and the the themes for like the the album, and then all the singles that you've been dropping. I think Brent's like the originator, right? Yeah, it was like yours and Eric's idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. we just wanted to do some heavy breakdown-ish kind of a joke band but be somewhat serious mm-hmm. and we the first three songs were actually yeah when did we record those 2000 just 2005 yeah. yeah 2005 we had three songs and then brandon sang and we threw in some uh uh movie clips and i don't know just showed them to our friends and stuff and dude they freaking loved it but i don't know we that's all we pretty much did we didn't really do anything after that and then skip ahead like what 10 years or something (laughs) and then we're like let's start this back up again (laughs) i think you guys that's when the costumes came into play the masks the lights all the effects and you and you and eric had such a deep obviously love for john candy but like you guys had deep pop culture knowledge like movie quote knowledge in general i think the original idea is like you guys only wanted to have john candy quotes in every song i think that's actually kind of how it started the first well yeah that's how it started yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but then we were always, been, I think we were just like, we want this to be like super theatrical and fun. So we were like, when we're going to do the live shows, like let's do masks. And then like, I, I think we were playing with the theme of like the Terminator and then like all this, so like the Terminator face, like the red eye and the darked out half face uh, on John Candy. And then, you know, whatever, 15 years later, no, actually not 15, probably about 13 years later, so like 2017, Eric started making some songs again. And we're like, if we're going to play a live show, let's figure out how to make this happen. So I just like went on Amazon and bought the cheapest mask I could find, which happened to be a Trump mask. Uh, bought a bicycle light for the eye. Got a GoPro mount to staple in there and just threw it all together. You can build this mask yourself for like 25 bucks. And uh, we just knew that we wanted the shows to be super fun and entertaining. Like that's our number one goal for every show is we want everyone very entertained <laughs> and everyone interacting, just having a good time. And I think we've accomplished that with our two shows. <laughs> and I, I'm curious about the the light. Um, how is that powered? Just uh, Battery. batteries. Okay, so it's, it's a bicycle. Right? It's literally a bicycle light that goes on the back of a bike. It'll flash. There you go. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll oh, we'll give you a seizure now. It'll turn back on. <laughs> Some cool effects. Okay, and. Uh, Early on, when you had those first three songs, did you guys ever do any live shows, or did you guys just create those songs just to have them? No, yeah. we just sat in a room with a little Line 6 recorder thing and a microphone and recorded guitars, bass, and I think the drums were just done on the computer. The original idea was we were going to be a, a, a side project of the band and do it as an actual band. Okay. Or like an opener for the, yeah. our and, previous band. Yeah. And then years later, um, I was talking to a friend, our friend Dave, and he was like, hey, you know what, why don't you can you make me a song of like drums and stuff and I'll write guitar too. And 
I I just started taking snippets of, of songs and then like molding them into like guitar riffs and adding drums to it because I wanted to tell them like oh maybe make a make an idea like this and then I showed it to Brandon and I was like wait this could be the new version of the band like we don't actually have to play anything mm-hmm. and then how it how it started and it was super cool because Eric like he sends me these songs and I was like whoa these sound like super different like i like what you're going for like i don't know because eric's not a guitar player he's not he's a drummer by trade mm-hmm. um but he had like between like our old metalcore band and like the new john candy songs we started writing he was doing a lot of uh electronic dance music and uh playing a ton of shows for that all around like la and san diego and, and santa Ana. so he got all these really cool influences from that world and so he really just ended up applying the logic that people apply to electronic music, but to a metal band, which, I mean, as far as I know, no one's done it, at least in the way that we're doing it. So it's like, that feels like really cool and special. I mean, because he basically, basically just finds like sweet little two second guitar snippets from random bands and then just starts stitching it all together. And I think that's part of what gives us its own kind of distinct sound because he's not a guitar player. He's not classically training guitar. He knows drums. Um, and he does electronic music. And so applying those principles to, to heavy music was super intriguing to me. And it still to this day really excites me a lot. Yeah, I, I do find it interesting that you're able to go and seek out these uh, you know parts of songs and kind of chop them up and make them your own. Uh, but for the live show, how did you guys decide on having the, uh, or the single bass player versus having just a single guitar player? <laughs> Well, there was thought behind that. We were very stressed, first of all, like how we were going to do a lot. Of course, we're like, how do we make this in- interesting and entertaining? And obviously, we knew the outfits would help. Um, but so we were like, well, Brent can play guitar and bass and, and drums. So let's give him something to do. He can play bass. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to sing. <laughs> and we want this to be really loud and bassy. So we're like, all right, let's... Uh, Go try this out one night. I think we went to a studio or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounded sweet. It sounded awesome. Yeah, we just brought <laughs> like an like an iPod at the time, or I don't know if it was iPhone or whatever. But we hooked it up and just started, you know, kind of messing around and seeing if it could work live. We're like, oh, this could actually work. So that's what we ended up doing. Is we just for the two shows, we just went to Guitar Center and rented two giant ass subs, two big speakers. Uh, Brent brings his bass and bass cab, and then Eric and I both do vocals live. We do some synchronized dance moves some choreography to spice it up a little bit you know for the ladies and uh <laughs> that's it okay yeah th- th- that's interesting because obviously when i watched the video i wasn't sure what i was getting myself into and then obviously like analyzing a little bit I'm like oh th- like there's just one guy with an instrument this is interesting <laughs> yeah I mean, we definitely i think we definitely mm-hmm. piss people off like like it's so funny to me because like i think that the metal and hardcore scene like people are just like i mean granted the music's angry but like it sounds angry at least uh, but a lot of it's really positive but there's just like a lot of uh i think like vitriol for bands who uh, like just want to just go up there and do their thing and you know, we're essentially just playing to a backing track but mm-hmm. it's our music we made it um and it's and if you're entertained and it sounds good and, like who cares? But it just seems like yeah, there aren't instruments. Like people just kind of turn their nose up to it, and they're like, "Oh, this sucks. I hate this." Like not even giving it a chance, kind of thing. I, I can't remember what band it was. I, I want to say it was uh, Rings of Saturn, or, uh, or I don't. I, I went to the show at the Glass House. It was like uh, Whitechapel's like uh, ten year 
uh, tour for some um, album. And there was a band that didn't have a drummer. It was just all uh, programmed drums. I'm not sure if it was because it was like too crazy and um, it wasn't possible to play that stuff live or they were just down a member, but they had just programmed drums, but they had the, you know, the singer, the guitar, bass player up there. And I was like, oh, this isn't like that weird. How'd the crowd receive it? <laughs> Very curious. <laughs> um, honestly, well, whenever I, I go to metal shows, I feel like the crowd just loves being there and they're just so happy to be entertained. So I, yeah. like from my perspective, everybody seemed like they're having a good time. And that's great. I just like, I think we've joked about it because we've had people be like, oh, you guys should get on like the next, like this is hardcore fest or something <laughs> like that. And I'm like, dude, I feel like that crowd would just literally murder us. I'm like, what the hell is this? We don't know. We don't understand this. Cause I, we definitely get that a lot. People are very confused by us, which I think can kind of be a good and a bad thing. Um, they just don't know what to make of it. Cause it's like, it's, there's humor in there, but it's heavy and angry. And where's the drummer? And there's no guitar players. Why are they dancing like that? Like <laughs> the one night, I think our last show, this guy drove from like Santa Clarita and we're standing there and we're about to go on. He's like, where's, where's like the, the cabs and the drums and stuff. <laughs> we're like, dude, this is it, man. <laughs> but he, I think he ended up loving it. He bought a shirt and some stickers and he had a good time. I mean, for somebody to at least, I mean, we were definitely approached. I remember like some people came up to Eric after a couple of the shows too, being like, I've never seen anything like that. Like, whoa, like it just like to be able to surprise people nowadays, I think is near impossible. So the fact that we can actually surprise people, I guess, for good or for bad to me is, is, is a good thing. I think we're doing something right. Well, we, we also did realize that like, because there's only one base up there, like you have, we have to make up for it in other aspects right so that's why the show became like it's like part gallagher part <laughs> guar part uh girl talk it's like we know we have to entertain you in a certain way so you don't realize you're just listening to a backing track and while three guys just jump around yeah speaking of gallagher i know it's like old school but like we've literally joked about bringing out a watermelon and like smashing it with the mallet or something <laughs> people are like why did they do that I'm like i don't know we don't have drums. Yeah. That's why we don't have drums. <laughs> like we had people come up to us after the shows too. And just being like, that was the most fun I've had at a hardcore show since I can remember. Like that was like a massive compliment. That was just so cool to hear. Cause it was exactly what I personally like hoped and dreamed. Like I just want to like, I want people to have fun and have a good time. If they did, that makes me feel awesome. And I'm curious when you're talking to these people um, after the set, do you guys stay with the mask on or do you guys uh, break the character? We, we break, I think. Right? <laughs> it's so hot. Oh, yeah. The second the set's over, we're yeah. like. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, adrenaline goes well, during the show. Like, you don't really notice it that much. Like, the heat and the sweat and everything. Mm -hmm. but, like, the second you stop playing, the adrenaline wears off. You're just like, dude, I'm miserable. <laughs> Get me out. Like, I don't know how Slipknot does it. Those guys play, like, two-hour sets. They're monsters. Yeah. Probably yeah. have riddled with acne, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good face. Yeah, that's wild. Okay, so the two shows a, a program, obviously, you're going to um, at some point end up playing other venues. Um, are there plans to do more when it comes to the performance? Oh, yeah, we've already been, like we said, we're, we're already talking about like, um, the, the thing is, we don't know if anyone even knows who Gallagher is at this point. <laughs> but we, we've already been joking about like smashing watermelons or giving everyone like ponchos. And then yeah, like what's that thing in in LA the the live Point Break show? I don't know if they still oh, do it or not. But it's like they they act out in somewhere in Hollywood they act out Point Break, 
the movie, like the Keanu Reeves one. Uh, and it's like they, they bring people from the audience up and they get in on the show and they act out the whole movie. Like they give up ponchos, like they spray people with water. Like, yeah, like we're, every show, we like even though we've only played two, we try to make them, we want to make them all unique. Like, so we come up with all sorts of different and guess, ideas for each one. And like, we're trying to make it as interactive as possible. <clears throat> like, you know, like we gave pizza out during Home Alone. We wrap people like Christmas trees. Um, <laughs> So like yeah, the next idea we're we're planning to go to Philadelphia to play a show. Yeah, we actually ran a, a little contest before COVID started, um, and our, our uh, one of our fans out there won. And basically, it was like we basically ran the contest and said, if whoever tags the most friends or whatever, we'll come play your house. And uh, the super cool dude that we that we ended up meeting out there through this, um, he uh, he won, and he's like, all right, let's do this. We're gonna play this place called the the Snake Pit, I think it's called. Yeah. And uh, we had it all planned. We had a Flights booked and everything because we're like low maintenance, right? We're like we're like DJs, like we can kind of fly anywhere. We don't have to bring a ton of equipment or anything. I think Brent was just going to borrow one of their bases and base cabs, um, but then COVID hit like right, I think like a month or two before we, sp- we were supposed to fly out. So like, I can't we'll postpone because we said we're still going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we can end that soon. We'd, we'd love to for our third show to be an East Coast show would be pretty amazing. That's wild, but that's cool that you guys did that contest. What sparked that idea to want to do that? And honestly, I'd feel like a little nervous too because uh, you know uh, it, it could have been anybody anywhere in the United States. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we didn't think about that till after it was already like going. <laughs> I think the idea for me though came from uh, Metallica, like in the '90s. I remember they ran a contest like that on MTV, where it was like, "Do X, Y, Z, and we'll come play your house." And so it just popped in my head one day. I was like, that was a rad idea. We should do that. And I was like, because I, I knew it would be e- pretty easy for us to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of what sparked the idea. Interesting. But uh, Philadelphia, okay, that should be cool. And I, I can obviously see that happening soon with the way the trend is going uh, across the United States with uh, you know things getting better as like you know things start to open back up slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I really hope it can happen soon. I mean, I definitely started to feel like, yeah, I agree. Like things are starting to open up and uh, like Eric and I just took the train to LA this past Saturday because we, we used to just love doing that before the pandemic. Just go up for the day, get food, drinks, kind of go go to a bunch of different spots, take the train back. And so that was, that was just amazing to be able to do that this past Saturday. And there was no one on the train. It was amazing. Like it was like us and three other people on the train car both ways. Um, so yeah, I've definitely started to feel that that kind of things opening back up. And then plus, you're just hearing more and more like shows getting announced. <clears throat> yeah, all these new tours. Yeah, so schedule. it's like like Furnace Fest. Oh my god! Like that. Mm-hmm. Like I saw that lineup. I was like, wait, what year is it? Like, <laughs> and I got excited. Like a lot of those bands, I, I would love to go see. Yeah, it seems like like a throwback because there's so many good yeah. bands from like this like specific you know era of that type of music. Yeah. Um, and especially Curtis Fest, that, that's like an old festival in itself. So it's mm-hmm. like they're like recapturing the vibe of that festival with the lineup. It's, it, it's going to be good. Yeah, I feel like that lineup is like the equivalent of that MySpace revival group I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a lot of like the MySpace era bands for sure. And so I follow you guys on Instagram and I, I saw the stories of you guys uh, taking the train to L.A. I assume that you guys were going up there for that punk show that happened that same day. Oh, I heard about that. What punk show? So, See, I'm not on social media. I don't even know what. Oh, okay. So there is this uh, this company. I'm, I I I always forget their name, and I and I apologize. But they um, obviously they've 
been known for putting on these punk shows through the pandemic. Um, you know, that's the word that I've gotten uh, when I was yeah. um, asking about it. And it was like a mixed bill. Uh, and but like the draw for me was um, th- there's this hardcore band Alpha and Omega. They're, they're like coming back to play a show just uh, pretty random. In my opinion, they like uh, broke up and they've been broken up for years and they just randomly were on this show. And I was like, all right, cool. I want to take this opportunity to, to check out this band because who knows when they'll play again, but they'll probably never play again. Who knows? And it was uh, advertised as like, you know, uh, you know, secret location in L.A., uh, you know, uh, we'll reveal the location day of. And then like in the afternoon on Saturday, they revealed the location to like some park. And it was like, it was like the location was like a park, but then like the show was actually like under um, like these two freeways. And I was like, oh, this, this seems crazy. And I, I got like warned before that, like, yo, like those shows go pretty crazy. Like there's always fire pits and people going off. So I'm like, all right, that sounds a little exaggerated, but I'll, I'm still going to go check it out. And uh, I, I went and I was, I was surprised at how crazy it actually was. Cause like, I think in total there was like over like 2000 people that showed up to this thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, like I'll I'll, I'll I'll send videos to you guys so you can see how, how crazy it was. Um, well, and <laughs> dude, it would have been you guys would have fit in fit right in because it was like a mixed bill. And, and the, the one thing that surprised me was that um, the the vibe, everybody just seems so happy to be there. Like granted, um, it seemed like a lot of people were drunk and high, which, which I thought was pretty funny. And then they had like these guys with these giant like NOS tanks handing out balloons for, for people to to get high. And then there was like fireworks going off in every which like you know direction. And these were like big fireworks that were just shooting off into the sky. It, it was so insane. And then like it got it was so crowded down there that people were like, yeah, like we don't want to be here. So they ended up like hanging off like the overpass, like to watch from like this like fence. And but there was like two freeways. Right. So like people actually got creative and got back in their cars and drove on the, like the higher freeway parked in the emergency lane with their emergency lights on and just watched from the fence. And I was like, this is so crazy. It, it seriously just seemed like, like, like it didn't seem real. Cause there were just so many people. And then like, obviously the cops came like helicopters circling overhead. Cops ended up shooting like rubber bullets into the crowd to cut, to try to like disperse it. It, it was just like, yeah, it was just a crazy night. Dude, that's the, that's the idea for our next show. We're going to spray the crowd with rubber bullets. <laughs> yeah. Nostic. <laughs> Yeah, so I, that's why I thought you guys were in L.A. Because I was like, oh, I was like, I'm assuming they're going to the show since, you know, it kind of oh, you know, timing makes sense. Yeah, like we went out to dinner in Santa Ana like two weeks ago and we went down there like at 10 o'clock. And um, there's a like um, there's a building on the corner. I think it's like fourth and Main where they have like they rent out a room for like parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was street was filled with like punks and goth kids and they were all going to a show up on the in like the loft see those are the kind of shows that i think we want to oh play. yeah that's like exactly <laughs> what i would want to we, we, we just only want to play like tiny little shows like that. like program like i'm sure i think you've been there right yeah yeah for sure i, I live in anaheim so i'm like super close okay um, yeah it's tiny and like we love that that tiny venue feel it's, it's just it's super fun. Like I like the shows that are not like they don't feel like shows. I like mm-hmm. like the ones that like it's like not in a venue. It almost feels like the like house would be doing it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's that's like the vibe I like. Okay, man. And have besides those two program shows, were there any attempts? Um, and outside of the Philadelphia thing, but were there any attempts at, at doing any other shows before like the whole pandemic stopped everything? We had like three booked. 
like all local for like the CD release. Yeah, because we uh, we released we actually ended up releasing two full length albums last year because we released one. So we called it Orange County just because we all are basically from Orange County. Eric grew up in Arizona and stuff, but then he came. You know, Orange County like what ten or something like that. No, when I was. Uh... 15? 15, yeah. yeah. But in general, like, we grew up on Orange County hardcore, heavy music. So, like, that album, which came out in the beginning of 2020, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, like, February 2020. Um, it was our tribute to just Orange County metal and hardcore. And, and you know, the, I think it's it's staple that it left on the heavy music scene. So we wanted to just kind of add to that in, in our own way. And like I even like used the art was like the the big orange balloon that you see off the five freeway over by uh, over in Irvine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the, yeah, the great park. Um, I used that for like that we did like the super metal looking like Orange County logo on it for the album title. But um, yeah, we just wanted to um, play a bunch of shows to support that. Obviously, Eric was like working like a dog getting all these shows booked, and I think yeah, I think we had three booked, and then Mark. March hit, stay at home order hit, everything got canceled. And so we had a basically a year to be like, well, uh, what should we do? Let's write another album. So <laughs> we wrote another album and released it like like the buzzer beater, like December 15th. So for, so we basically bookended the year, uh, February, whatever, second, and then December 15th, two full lengths. And so now it's since 2017, I think we've released uh, in total four, like 45 songs across like two full length LPs, I think three EPs and then a couple of singles or something like that. All right. Sounds around. Yeah. We've been writing machines. <laughs> yeah. That, that is a lot of material, but, but for me, I, I was always uh, on the fence during the pandemic. Well, we're on the pandemic, but like uh, in 2020, I was on the fence. If I wanted bands to drop music just because um, you couldn't really do anything else after that. Obviously you could, you know, obviously promote it, uh, maybe do a live stream, but the fact that you couldn't tour or, um, you know, play shows locally, I was just kind of like, oh, I don't really see the point. But then as like things kind of progressed and things weren't really getting better as fast as we thought it uh, was going to early on, I was like, no, I was like, I think it, it, people should just start dropping shit because uh, it's kind of shown that this thing isn't guaranteed because obviously, you know, shows were happening consistently and people just kind of, you know, this has never happened. Uh, shows were always going on. So uh, we, I guess uh, people kind of like take it for granted that is always going to be there. But then when we're put in this position where these shows can't happen, I was like, oh, all right, this is this is a, a, like new territory. Let's uh, you know not put things on pause. We should stay active and just kind of push it out there. And when shows can happen, when it's safe again, then we can just kind of just circle back, and then we'll just have like all the new music from like the, the bands that have been established, and then all these new bands that have popped up. Cool, we can just kind of come together and we'll we'll figure it out. You know? Yeah, yeah. And we we, we talked about like the first two shows we want to play. We want to try to do like two CD release shows now because we never got to play them for the other album. So like mm -hmm. do. What, two local shows one will be like all songs from the one album the other one will be all songs from the other album but it was partially kind of strategic too because we were like a lot of bands aren't releasing music this year so let's give people something to listen to and so that was part of why i wanted to do it i think it was kind of like a goal in my head too i just thought it would be cool to be like like a, almost like a like a feather in my cap like oh cool like we, we released two albums in one year that's just like a thing that i think a lot of bands can't say they've done and then uh, ironically enough <laughs> my segue there is I ended up seeing this review for our, our latest album, uh, 20 Samples Later, but this guy just like <laughs> eviscerated us. Like seriously, like the meanest review I have ever seen in my entire life for any band releasing any music. Like I couldn't believe how much this guy hated us. Like it, it, it was like actually entertaining. Like just like, we, we sent it out on our social media. Like, hey, you want to see the most angry review you've ever seen? But like very much like, 
waxing poetic and being using lots of lofty language to describe how much he hates us. <laughs> like this guy is quite the wordsmith but of <laughs> hatred. <laughs> so yeah, we embraced it, dude. So we like, yeah, we, we posted all about it. We, I put it on, like on our, our, uh, our smart URL on our page. So it's like, like check out the John Candy's uh, latest album review. And uh, we're even using it as uh, some influences for the <laughs> new music we're, we're writing in some pretty funny ways. Well, he he penned the the title of the next like EP. Yeah, and actually, I think it was Brent's yeah, it was idea. Brent's idea. <laughs> what was it? He said this line in the review, something like, uh, "This this music or this band or this album is a, is an abysmal waste of cosmic dust." I'm like, dude, that. And Brent's like, "That's the album t- next album title." <laughs> So literally, it's going to be called Abysmal Waste of Cosmic Dust. <laughs> yeah. For me, I've never really gotten into uh, following uh, people who review music or like review albums. So I, I have friends uh, who like swore by like certain like YouTubers, uh, you know, so and so said that record sucks. And I'm just like, okay, well, have you listened to it? Like, like, what's your actual opinion? Like, not this, uh, you know, uh, weird opinion that you form just because you watch this YouTubers like review on it. And I don't know. I, I've always found those people uh, kind of corny. Just because I'm like, all right, that's cool. Do do what you want. But then also, like, you know, you you mentioned like wordsmithing, and like sometimes I read these um, reviews of like singles or uh, EPs or whatever, and it, it just seems like just a lot of people just try to get creative and just make things sound cool. And just like when I actually kind of take a step back and actually look at like how they actually tried to like um, actually review the music is I'm like, oh, it's not really there. This is weird. Like, how did this even get published? And I'm like, all right, whatever. That's why I, I always find these things weird and never really kind of take um, like too much interest in it. I'm just kind of like, oh. I, I just kind of ignore a lot of it and just kind of like to just have my own opinions. Obviously, um, I just like what I like and I don't really care if other people hate it or not, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like people give such credence to like like you know sites like Pitchfork. It's like oh if Pitchfork hated it, well I'm not even gonna bother. Like I I I mean or like guys like like Anthony Fantana. Do you, do you follow him, Anthony Fantana? I know he is, but I don't follow him. I, I think he's a dork. Yeah, I don't follow him. But I'm just saying it's like he's got so many views. It's I, I, but I guess that's what baffles me about like I guess social media gen- general. Like so many people are just following just to see his opinion on an album when music is like it can change from person to person like song to song can affect two people completely different so it's like you're gonna let one one person just face their opinion and you're gonna go off of that i don't know it's it's just weird to me yeah yeah i I feel like a lot of people just go ahead i I was gonna say I, i think a lot of people uh, just like to use it as a crutch and kind of saves them time from actually listening to the music so they can just you know write things off here and there and act like they have knowledge and sound like they've actually listened to it because I've run into so many fake people when I actually try to have like discussions about music or talk about new albums that I actually listen to and even if I didn't like them I'm like all right like this is how I feel and it's just like wow like you you really didn't listen to it this is weird <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm kind of like in the same boat as you in the sense that like I generally don't ever really read music reviews. But I mean, the fact that I saw there was a review for music we made, I was like, dude, I got I, I have to read this. <laughs> so like you, you, how do you find new music like in this day and age? Like, how are you finding new bands? Oh, honestly, for, for me, I, I'm still that guy that's on uh, Twitter and, uh, you know, and I'll even ask people uh, like, yo, like what's new in your area? Like, you know, like, should I be paying attention to something that I may have missed? 
And honestly, the majority of the time, it's just the friends that I follow on social media reposting links. I'm like, oh, cool. I've never heard of that. Boom. I'll click that. If I like it, then I'll go seek it out on Spotify. That, that's like the streaming platform that I use. So I'll, I'll seek it out on Spotify. If it's there, I'll you know follow the artist and just kind of go from there. But uh, yeah, music just comes like in the most random ways. But for the most part, it's like random links on social media. Oh, nice. for, for new bands um and then obviously like I'll, I'll spend my own time uh you know just listening to random stuff on like youtube and then stumbling across stuff so i, I and I, I still try to you know just do a little research here and there mm-hmm. and then like if you had to what's your like favorite band right now that you're listening to my favorite th- there's this band out of long island uh, i've uh, been jamming their record this band called pain of truth it's kind of like I, I, I hate the term like super band, but like all the dudes in the band are like playing like other like active bands and they're like a newer band. Like since like the pandemic happened, they put out their record and they uh, did a split. Uh, so uh, I, I think they might be my like more like current favorite band. Oh, man, I'll take a lot. Yeah, I'll like, uh, I'll, I'll send links to, to the band camp. So, uh, uh, so or to, to the Instagram so you guys can go check them out. Well, no, but, but me, I use band, me, how I find band, I mean, because I don't use social media, like, me, Bandcamp is, like, my number one. Mm-hmm. So, like, I constantly dive into, like, hashtags and then go from, I'll, I'll literally listen to, like, every album in a hashtag and just, like, needle drop through the songs and just see what sticks up. That's awesome. Yeah, Bandcamp's a very uh, useful website. And, I, I yeah, I, I don't remember, like, when I started going there, because obviously it was, like, MySpace and, like, Pure Volume and then, like, uh, blog spots, you know, with, like, Mediafire links and everybody just posting up, just whatever you could just download illegally. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Bandcamp kind of crept in and everybody just started using Bandcamp. So I I, I, I like that website. I, I think it's very useful. Yeah, I think I only got us on Bandcamp, like, like two months ago. Because uh, I think I had the URL, but I just never uploaded anything. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of my buddies who who was into our, our music, he was, I think Bandcamp posted something about like Cyber Grind or something like that. And he was like, oh, the John Candy should be on this list or something like that. And then uh, he was in some other, some group on MySpace or not MySpace on Facebook uh, called Big Money Cyber Grind. So he's like, oh, you should go join this group too. So I went and checked it out. I'm, I'm in that group now. Uh, and it's just like, I don't even know how to describe it. I'd say it's like, it's kind of also MySpace era, um, but it's it's like kind of a mix of like Nintendo core and grind core, I'd say. It's like, it's just like very grindy, which is like Nintendo sound effects. I think it's like the easiest way to sum it up. Um, but like, that was just like the catalyst to me being like, okay, I should just like get our whole discography on Bandcamp finally. I don't think we get that much traction on it, but again, going back to something I was saying earlier, I think it's probably just important to have your music everywhere you can, everywhere possible kind of thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that for like the longest time, uh, doing the podcast on like the early days, I wasn't on Spotify and, and I had people, uh, you know, asking me uh, like, Hey, like, is it ever going to be on Spotify? And I, and I've said this like openly before, like I, uh, like listen to like, like been listening to podcasts for like a, a long time. And like some of my more favorite podcasts are, um, Errol Hawani's MMA hour, uh, the Joe Rogan experience. So I always try to model what I do. Uh, with what they've done, because obviously they're like, you know, super successful and uh, I, I, I like their structure. So I, I always told myself, I'm like, you know what? I'll go to Spotify when Joe Rogan does. So sure enough, uh, Joe Rogan announced his Spotify deal um, a, a while back. And I'm like, all right, I, I think it's time to kind of like expand because I, I had, uh, uh, you know, some like people asking. Then it wasn't until like my buddy Nate Prosciutti, um, he's like, hey, like I only have um, 
Apple podcast to listen to your podcast and all my other podcasts are on Spotify. It would be cool if it was on Spotify. So I'm like, all right, all right, fine. I was like, Nate, uh, you're a great guy. You're, you're not the first. So let me finally make this happen. So I, I finally made the jump and uh, try to put it out there, um, you know, on Spotify, just so more people can have access to it. And uh, yeah, and I was like, you know, what? It, it's not a bad thing. So it's, it's all been positive since I've done that. So it's just like more accessibility because now people can listen to it on um, Apple, on Spotify, through the website. So it, it's, it's just reaching more people that way. Um, and in the end, that's just like the whole goal anyway, right? Just like that blast shotgun effect. Yeah, and I, and I'm like I'm still humbled and uh, so thankful for everybody who tunes in every week with like what I do. You know, I'm just talking to people from bands or uh, having these um, MMA podcasts or the random Disney podcast that I'll do. So the fact that people, uh, you know, tune in, uh, you know, willing to like, you know, like I say, because I I value like my time like so much because I, I used to work like three jobs and. That, that kind of put me like, you know, time in perspective, because before I, I used to bullshit, I, I used to get bored, but now I just run out of time. I'm like, damn it. Like, I don't have enough time to do this or that. I got to start, you know, I'm prioritizing stuff. But just uh, the fact that people are willing to do that, I, I, I really appreciate it. And I never take it for granted. So it, it's always humbling to to see uh, that people are, are tuning in every week. And you need to have Brent on your Disney one. Yeah, I'm so down. The, the last Disney one that I did, it was the, the one year of Disneyland being closed. And I got put in contact with uh, uh, Frank. Uh, he plays guitar in Hatebreed. So he came on and we chopped up uh, and talked about Disney for like, uh, like we, we oh, talked Disney for like two hours. And then we talked Hatebreed for like five minutes. It, it was it was such a good ratio. It was awesome. <laughs> Brent's going to have to go off. No, no, I, I follow him. He's a, he's a Florida dude. He's bought Disney World all the time. Yeah. Okay. Look at so we we, yeah. we we did this podcast and he like uh we, we like traded like care packages. He like sent me like oh, hold on, hold on. Let, let me turn on my virtual background. So sorry for everybody who's listening, but um he, he sent me this uh this care package because uh, I, I I sent him like uh, some of my merch and then he sent me like his like you know and then has like all these like Disney picks. It's like pretty crazy. Yeah. Sick. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like sure. some of the stuff that he sent me was like sold out on his web on his like website. I went and looked. I'm like, oh, cool. He actually had some in stock. He, he like sent them. So yeah, Frank was a, like an awesome guest, and it, it was fun to talk Disney because he was like super professional about it. So it, he seemed yeah. uh, he came off like really informative for people who, um, for anyone who's never been to Disney World. So I, I thought it was like a really cool podcast. And like I, I had a friend who was going for the first time shortly after I posted the podcast, and he kind of used it as a guide, and it actually helped him out, which I thought was really surprising. Did, did you see that house for? So where was that house? Is Yorba Linda? Uh, Yorba Linda, yeah. Did you see that house for sale in Yorba Linda? No. That, so this guy, here, tell him, right? You, you could it was ex- a guy yeah. that, that worked for Disney. He was a voice at Disneyland in the parks. You know, like Phantasmic comes on. It's like, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, in 10 minutes, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That guy. So he's worked at Disney forever. And he's selling his house in Yorba Linda. But anyways, there's pictures of it. And every room has Disney memorabilia from, he's got a, a Skyway bucket. He's got an old rocket ship from Tomorrowland. He's got, dude, there's just stuff in every room. It's and he's auctioning it all off with the house. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he can auction off, sell the house. And then I think he's moving to like Dana Point or something. He said, I don't know. But it's insane, dude. This just stuff everywhere. It's, it's like my dream house. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Um, well, I, I guess since we're on the topic of Disney, I guess we can kind of switch gears so I can ask you uh, about like your your passion for Disney. Uh, was it something you grew up with or was it because uh, you're local and it's here? It's in your face. It's kind of hard to miss. It, yeah, it's a I think it's just a local thing. Yeah, 
I've had an annual pass since I think '87 or '88. Holy shit! Right. I, think, <laughs> I think I missed. I think I missed one year when we got knots passed. I'm like, what the heck are we doing? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, oh, I just loved it. Which go all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had a pass from 2010 up until you know they, they canceled it. So. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, and um, there was news like I think like last week that they're going to bring back the program before the end of the year. So I'm curious to see. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious to see how, how that turns out. But um, for for you being a, a, a pass holder for so long, damn. So you you saw how expensive it got because obviously way back then, like how no, cheap was it? Do you remember? I think an annual pass is like ten dollars. No, they were well, yeah. <laughs> um, they were like ninety nine bucks. I think no blackout dates. Insane. And then I think you had parking for like 20 bucks, but I wasn't driving back then, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and then they had this other one. It was uh, called the Magic Kingdom Club, where I think it was like 59 bucks, but you couldn't go till after 3 p.m. So it was for like kids, like after school. Yeah. And then and then you like go and hang out. And I know like in the like mid to late 90s, I was there all the time, even up to, I don't know, I'm still there all the time. <laughs> but um, there was this underground group. I don't know if you've heard of them. <laughs> called the Disneyland locals like in the late nineties. No, I'm not familiar. Okay. Well, like the if you ever happened. have time, go to YouTube, type in Disneyland locals. No one knows who, who the guy is that uploaded this stuff, but he was one of the guys that like hung out there in Tomorrowland and all this stuff. But there's some, I mean, like what these kids used to do there, it's freaking crazy. It's insane. Damn. Yeah. They would I, like get off the wall, move props around, jump back wait, on. What? Yeah. <laughs> It's insane, but just stuff like that. I mean, I think it's just nostalgic, and it's like it's a like a local thing. I don't know. You just grow up around here, and I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm like low key mad at my parents for not raising me in Orange County because because <laughs> I feel like I would have just devoted like more of my life to Disney if I was here uh, the whole time. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, but I I love it, uh, and and it's weird too because everybody. Uh, like if I think back to 2010 when I got my pass with like my group of friends, uh, yeah. everybody just kind of slowly faded away, uh, you know, for one reason or another. And I was just like, this is something that I just feel like we're getting like such a good deal. Like I want to take advantage of it as long as I can, because because if you like, yeah. you know, weigh out the price versus like, you know, these day tickets, like it, it's insane. Like for the, the, the perks, it was just such a good deal. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to have one. I don't care if um, I have to go by myself. I'll figure it out. And uh, eventually just going so often, I, like, I've just kind of, you know, like went through waves of different friends that like going. And then eventually I, I one, one of my best friends, he actually works in the park. So I'm like, oh, all right, cool. This is somebody who's like stable, who I know is going to be here for a long time. And I don't have to worry about uh, having people to go with because, yeah, I, for some reason, I like, get yeah, people that I've met along the way have just kind of lost their love for it. And for me, it's just has never like wavered. Like I've, I, I love it as much as I did back then when I first got my pass. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I know, dude. Like, yeah. Well, in 2010, they were probably way cheaper, but I mean, if you go like seven or eight times, it, it pays for it. It's like, dude, just, yeah, I don't know. Did you get, are you going for the reopening? Yeah, you know, I'm such an idiot, and uh, uh, I apologize to my friend uh, Andy Weaver, who I'm going with. Uh, so I I got tickets, like, you know, the, the morning of, like, you know, when they released them, uh, like, pretty early, and uh, I, I thought I was good to go. I'm like, I was like, cool, got my ticket. Uh, I, I don't think I have to reserve a day, because I was, like, reading the fine print. I was like, oh, you got, like, a Tier 5 ticket. You can go any of these days, and it had, like, the calendar with all, like, you know, the days in green, because everything was available. 
And then like a couple of weeks later, I got a like a push notification from the app. They're like, hey, I make a reservation to go to the park today. And I'm like, what the hell? So I went and opened the app and like uh, uh, everything was booked up, like, you know, for like our like my available, my availability and Andy's availability. Like the first day that we both could go was like June 20th. Oh, yeah. I was just like, because like, because like in our in our minds, we plan on going the, the first Sunday, which was May second. But then I yeah. I goofed up, and by the time I went to try to go book our day, May second was booked, and uh, the next available day for both parks was uh, June twentieth. So I had to like text him, and like he was pretty mad at me, and and I felt stupid too because I'm like, damn it, like now I have to wait it longer. But I'm like, it's not big of a deal because like you know it's been you know over a year, so I can wait a couple more months, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I think that happens a lot of people because they go to make a reservation. And you need your ticket before you even make the reservation. Yeah. Which is crazy. And I think a lot of people got, I don't know, misguided or misunderstood or something like that. And their dates just got filled up or something and they never got the tickets. Yeah. And and, and I wasn't like having like that bad of withdrawals or whatever, because I went to, uh, I, I do an annual trip with friends to Disney World. So like we'd gone to Disney World back in October so okay, yeah. yeah so i'm like I, 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 it's not like i i haven't been to a disney park in in a year like i, I went in october disney land in june and then back to disney world in, in, like this upcoming october so yeah like i'm not like stressed about it because i've been to disneyland so many times like if you think about from 2010 up until 20 uh you know 2020 went when the park closed like the amount of times that i went was just insane so it's like yeah i i, I missed the year not my choice but it, it happened i can wait another couple months yeah totally have you been to Disney Tokyo Sea? You know th- that's a sensitive subject, uh, but <laughs> I, but I will talk about it since you brought it up. Um, <laughs> so me and, and my buddy Johnny, um, who I mentioned earlier, who, who works at Disney, we had this awesome vacation planned. And uh, uh, for 2020, we had uh, it was like the third week of October. We had this whole uh, week planned to go to Japan, like not just for Disney, but um, you know, that was like you know the cherry on top for us. Uh, yeah. But that was going to be my first time. But obviously the pandemic happened, everything closed down. So uh, we had to cancel our trip and oh. and it just kind of sucked because as much as we still want to go, like uh, our lives are different um, now than they were back then. So like, we, you know, different responsibilities. So we haven't really tried to book another trip. And obviously at this point, like we don't even know uh, if we can travel to Japan. I don't, I don't know if their borders are open, but um, that's something that I want to do before I die is do the international parks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so Eric and I have to tell you something. We, we've both been. We've both been. <laughs> not and all three of you. Just, just you two. Not that, right? no. We're not together. We've been like separate. yeah, we were separate trips. But I'm not kidding, dude. That's one of the coolest parks I've ever been to. It was amazing. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. So I, I'm, a, I'm a big Aladdin fan. So knowing that they have like Agrabah there, I'm just like, what? Like, I want to check that out. Yeah, dude. I ate lunch there. It was amazing. <laughs> and, the, and the weird thing is, they're obsessed with popcorn. Yes. Like. I don't know if that's how that happened, but like Disney Tokyo Sea, they're obsessed with popcorn. So it's like every corner, it's a different flavor of popcorn. So you buy the bucket and everywhere you go, they're filling it. <laughs> and they're all amazing. Yeah, they're all amazing yeah. flavors of popcorn. But like you literally leave 80 pounds heavier, but just filled with popcorn. Mm-hmm. And the park's pretty damn big. Too. I see. And the rides are awesome. There's this one, like, like the central piece of the whole park is like this huge volcano that's like erupts i think every 20 minutes or half hour or something like that mm-hmm. and there's like crazy roller coaster that goes under it that's kind of like journey to the center of yeah, the earth or something like that earth, yeah. it is so awesome like uh 
like the the attention to detail in that park is just mind blowing. Like it just feels like very culturally like like Japanese culture. Like just like making sure everything is done perfectly and to a T. And you can tell like you, they just put love into everything. And it's just it's an incredible experience, man. You've got to get there. And there's like a tail replica of like the Titanic, mm-hmm. <laughs> like in the park. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. There's that show on Disney Plus. Um, it was like the Imagineers and they, they kind of tell the story of like, uh, you know, every park. And I, I thought that was like really fascinating and it made me want to travel to the, like the international parks even more. And then it actually opened my eyes to how small the Hong Kong park actually is. Wait, like, which one did, you, did you go to Shanghai? No, I went to Disney sea. Disney sea, yeah. Oh, I thought you went to another one also though. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, I mean, went. I went to Hong Kong, but I didn't go to the actual Oh, I thought you went to that anything. one too. Okay. Yeah. Right. I went to the monkey park in Hong Kong. That was sweet. <laughs> Same thing. Dude, those monkeys are pissed. Like, there's <laughs> like quick random sidebar. Like I went to, there's like, it's called like the Cam Shan monkey park or something mm-hmm. okay. in Hong Kong. Dude, these things are not nice. Like you literally can't look them in the eye and they're everywhere. Like if you look them in the eye, they go like, Whoa. like they, they, they'll try to like psych you out. Um, you just kind of have to walk around, don't make eye contact and try to sneak pictures. <laughs> like a, it's the weirdest experience, but it was super cool. That sounds weird. Do you have to worry about them like pickpocketing you? Um, I don't think so. Cause I think like, no, seriously, there's like, there's like, there's places where like the monkeys go crazy, like, cause they're so used to being fed so and they're very comfortable with humans. Like, I think these monkeys, other people don't feed them or something because <laughs> they want to try to intimidate you and that's it. <laughs> they're just monkeying around. Uh, oh, monkey damn around. it. We gotta okay. go. <laughs> yeah. I'll ride them over this. <laughs> that, but uh, earlier you mentioned that you had a bunch of Disney props, like trash cans and stuff. Did you acquire all that through like auctions or? No, just dude, the 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 just put under your shirt. The desire and stuff right now for Disney props is insane. Like the <laughs> last five years, but when I was looking like fifteen years ago, dude, you could find stuff. I the the trash can I got for thirty bucks. From Some where? Craigslist had it. Why did you? Not gonna fit in my apartment. I move into San Diego. I'm like, don't move. I'll be there in like twenty minutes. <laughs> She's like, all right. Picked it up. Threw it in the back of my car. Came home. Which. Um, like what design do you have on the trash can i'm so curious it actually came she got it it's a walt disney world one from the contemporary resort oh wow and it has like jiminy cricket on it and it says <laughs> contemporary on the side and it's but, pretty sweet but 95 percent of your collection is stolen right oh yeah yeah and then i dumped the fence and steal it no. that's that's so funny so uh uh i used to date this girl back in the day and her dad works in the parks so I, I, I hopefully they don't get in trouble uh, I apologize if they do, but uh, I, so I, I dated this girl and she, um, you know, her dad worked for Disney and I went to their house one time and they're just showing me all this stuff. Like, yeah, he, he took that from that ride. And this is from like, this is from like you know, this park. Yeah. And, and I was just so surprised. Wow. I, I didn't know you could just walk off with that kind of stuff. Cause obviously there's like cameras everywhere. So the fact that I'm seeing stuff from like the snow white ride, I was like, this is insane. Yeah. This is just cool. This is just casually in your house. Like, I think this is so crazy and cool that you guys just have this in here see i think now what they do is i don't think they there's as lenient i think they do i think they pretty much just trash everything so they don't give it away that or disney does an auction for it mm-hmm. but there used to be a junkyard in santa Ana <laughs> that i don't think they do it anymore but you'd go there like on a saturday it's free to go in they'd have disney props up the eight everywhere i have a that thunder mountain sign Oh, that's from there? Yeah. It was like uh, <laughs> standby entrance here. It's like eight or nine feet tall. What? Full on 
Look, it looks like wood and everything. It's actually in the backyard. <laughs> and then a uh, a huge space mountain sign. It's probably four feet by four feet that hung over the um, Starcade. If you know where that is. Yeah, that's they all- were redoing the ride in like 2005, and so- that thing was sitting there. And my brother saw it there when they ended up buying it and picking it up and gave it to me. So it's pretty. Sweet. And is, is this like sanctioned by Disney for the junkyard to be selling this stuff or no, they were just, I think they were just dropping all their crap off there and they're like, <laughs> you guys can do whatever you want with it. That's wild. So it's just, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I, I wish I knew about that. Cause I, I, I would love to have like some pieces of Disney we're back every week. Yeah. It's asking for Disney stuff. No, I haven't <laughs> been there in probably 10 years. I don't think they give their stuff there anymore though. Oh, now the secrets. But back in the day, dude, you could find stuff on Craigslist like crazy. There were like space mountain ride vehicles on there. Um, what would you do with those? Like, yeah, let me put put this rock into my living room. I got two on there within two weeks. One 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 guy had one in Long Beach for like five thousand bucks, and I'm like, man, that's kind of a lot right now. Yeah. Right now, that thing can go for like eighty thousand bucks. Yeah, and I'm just like, how did they get that to Long Beach? And how I I, I just want to know the story. Like, okay, this was once like you know operating in this attraction, and how did it end up all the way over I don't here? Know how they get them? I have no idea. And then sort of some random dude in Arizona had one. Yeah, I don't know, but it's crazy. But now you can't get your hands on anything. It's impossible. Yeah, I I remember when they closed down a a Bugs Land and they kind of like, you know, started donating stuff to like some of the local hospitals and they saved some and like display them at D23, which that was like pretty cool. But yeah, man. I, I wish I was into that like way back before like things are like so much more expensive these days were like these Disney props. Oh, yeah. Why is there such crazy inflation now? Stuff. everything like quadruple at least i have like old halloween signs and stuff from but like what caused that just because like they were, like I guess maybe it was like a sweet spot when like just the demand they were doing... I, I think just the demand for it in disneyland just got so popular in the last like 15 or 20 years yeah well, they're remodeling so much of the park too that they're like the sweet spot yeah. of them getting rid of stuff yeah, yeah. It, there's like a whole like culture of uh resellers with the, like these limited edition like disney items and it's it's, it's always sad because uh like they'll like oh they'll announce something and then you know it's going to sell out but then you also know that they're going to restock it so there's people out there that don't care that they're going to restock it they have to have it so they're willing to pay like triple or quadruple the price and i'm just like you guys are all fools like this is going to be back in stock for retail in a couple weeks you can just wait like like it's mind-blowing but yeah like it, it is crazy especially when you think about like uh, like even when you think about um, these pins, pins are like a whole nother well, crazy I never thing. That into the pins, but I mean, they're, yeah, they're out of control now. There's a pin for everything. Yeah, and then like it goes deep. There's like these like super limited editions, and there's like these like pin parties that you can pay to get into that are like sanctioned by Disney. And I'm just this is crazy. <laughs> I know they're insane. I never knew that. Did you ever go to that uh, Van Eaton Gallery thing up in like Van Nuys or something? No, I, I've never gone to that. Oh, uh, well, it's not there anymore, but this guy named Richard uh, Kraft, he was a composer for Disney, mm-hmm. and he had everything under the sun Disney. And then one day he's like, I'm just going to auction everything off and donate the money. That's crazy. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah. I, I would love to, to own some of that older stuff, but uh, maybe when I'm a little bit older, I have uh, less things that, that I want to spend my money on. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, <laughs> let me finally invest it into the, these uh, crazy, like Disney pieces of history. Well, it's funny. Cause like, it reminds me of, uh, 
so my where I w- actually work in my day job is in El Segundo, and I took my daughter up there a couple of weeks ago. And the Mattel office, you know, like the action figures, Hot Wheels, all that, mm-hmm. um, they're actually right by our office. And so I was like, oh, why don't we go over here and we'll, we'll we'll get you something? So we went and like literally line out the door before they open, probably about thirty people deep, and it was like ninety five percent old dudes, like in like their fifties and sixties. For all Yeah, I guess so. And yeah. so like, I mean, like one kid in line, <laughs> and so we go in, and it's like her and I. She's like one of two kids there. Everyone else is like fifties and sixties dudes, just buying like Hot Wheels and like just filling shopping carts full of stuff. Not just uh, I'd never seen that before. It was very interesting. Yeah, it it, it is crazy. Like you know, uh, every little thing has their own crazy fandom. Like I I didn't even know that was a thing that, that you could go down there and shop at the headquarters. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either until we just drove by and I was like, hey, it looks like you can do that. And then we tried it and like, oh yeah, you can. <laughs> and that's my story. That's interesting. Okay, before we we get off the Disney talk, I just have to ask about uh, your favorite attraction in the parks. Uh, present, past. Uh, Those deep, dude. <laughs> uh, let's do uh, present and past. Okay, present. Uh, Matterhorn. I always love Matterhorn. Interesting. Okay. Gonna be people mover. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. Interesting. Yeah, people mover. Uh, I wish that they would still have it here in in California because it's such a chill ride. Uh, and obviously, Florida still has it, so uh, that's like one thing I get jealous about when I think about their park. Yeah, totally. Well, they did a little. Uh, what's it? What's the president's name? Bob Chapik or something? At D twenty three, like two years ago, he's like, "Sit tight. Um, we know you guys are excited about uh, the people we were talking. To. We'll see what we can do." But that was the last anyone's ever heard of it. That yeah. son of a. I don't know. I think the main <laughs> thing was like handicap access, and then the Jump, whole structural out, right? integrity of it now, just because it's been sitting forever. Yeah, I always was under the impression that uh, they were gonna uh, like tear out a, a lot of Tomorrowland because you know obviously they they, they wanted to uh, give it like an an update since so many things in there are outdated and they want to kind okay. of have Star Wars all in one place instead of having it in, in two different spots in the park. Yeah. And you, you gotta think about yeah, like the only like thing that'll probably stay is uh, Space Mountain because it's so iconic. But it, everything else is kind of like replaceable. Like I, I don't think anybody would be mad if uh, Midway, uh, not Midway, Man, excuse me, the um, Astro Blasters, uh, you know, right. got taken out, or if Autopia got taken out, or if they finally got rid of the um, uh, I don't remember what it's called, where the the Intervention Building. Obviously, you know, they have the Star Wars stuff right now, or or they did. Yeah. I haven't been. Uh, yeah. like none of that, like, in my opinion, w- would be missed. Uh, and I think people would want to trade that for newer stuff or just like an updated land. Cause obviously tomorrow land supposed to be the land of the future. And we're like way past that right now. Well, there was talk of getting rid of the Autopia and putting in the Tron coaster over there. Yeah. And somehow moving Autopia to over like where like the motorboats were. I don't know if you know oh. that is over that way. Mm-hmm. But that was like a year ago, so I don't know if they're going to do that. I'm sure eventually the Tron coaster will come, but it'll probably be over in DCA or something. Well, did you see the, the, those plans for like the new like entertainment area? Like they're going to get rid of, uh, toy- of yeah, they're, they're going to get rid of Toy Story parking, and then they're going to expand on DCA. Yeah, yeah and they're going to like build around the hotels and all this stuff. Yeah, it looks crazy if they do it. Well, so the hotels are going to be in the park now. Well, they're going to be like different. They're going to expand DCA to 
like downtown Disney parking on like the west side of the hotel. And then like the east side of the hotel will be like, I don't know, what was it? There was a whole bunch of stuff in there. Yeah, they're, they're trying to like, I think they're trying to make it uh, more like, uh, well, obviously they're going to try to do uh, the Toy Story parking kind of like it more of like an experience, kind of like Disney Springs, if you've been out there. Because, yeah, yeah. No, I've been, well, I haven't been since it's Disney Springs, but I've been out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, which, like, yeah, you could literally go and just have like a fun day in Disney Springs, go eat and actually shop at places that, like, you know, like have cool stuff versus yeah. if you go down to downtown Disney, you look at some of these shops and you're like, how? Are they still in business? How how can they afford to pay the rent? These yeah, like stores are so pointless. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I know. Totally. <laughs> it's yeah. super interesting. Anyway, hold on real quick. Was Disney World packed when you went? 100%. Yeah. So they advertised that it was 35% capacity, but it was it was, it was 100%. There's no way that was 35. Yeah, because I've been there like uh, every year since 2016, and I know what like Magic Kingdom looks like, and there's no way that that was 35%. Dude, you know what I learned about uh, Disney World that maybe Brent told me? I can't remember. It's either Disney World or Epcot. They're, those are separate, right? Yeah. There's Magic Kingdom Epcot. Well, I mean, it was probably at all the parks in Florida. They have like mosquito specialists there. <laughs> like, have you heard about this? There no, are those bugs. Right? News to me. Well, so basically, there's no mosquitoes in the parks. And it's because they have specialists all over the park that their sole job is to eradicate mosquitoes. <laughs> and they use something like 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 chickens or something to be able to tell like where they are. It's like this whole deep, crazy thing. But basically, it's because it's Florida, right? You're going to have tons yeah. of mosquitoes. Um, but they have none. And it's all this like whole science behind it. And they have a whole team's dedicated to it. Go deep on it. It's a thing. Okay. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> that's that's wild. I, I've never heard anybody mention like mosquitoes and Disney World. Star. Yeah, no, I'm I'm interested. I'll I'll take a look. Yeah, I've never. Think it's very Disney, right? It's like everything's oh, got to be perfect, totally you know. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't want to get be bitten, getting bit by mosquitoes while you're talking to Mickey. That's yes. not okay. No, I, I I do so I can get a free pass for life. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'm curious what happened to that family that had their baby eaten. Like, what kind of settlement did they get? I think Disney gets 200 lawsuits to date, <laughs> and they're all just swept under the rug. Here's oh, a, for here's, sure. Yeah, here's fifty thousand. Just fifty quiet. cents off shaking bake. Yeah, do you guys remember that? The uh, it was the infamous uh, Toontown brawl a couple years ago. Yes, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I do, dude. That was insane. Like, it, oh. it, it blew my mind that it took like so long for like security to get there to to break it up. Yeah. Yeah, like that kind of fighting at the happiest place on earth is pretty <laughs> hilarious, <laughs> mind blowing, insane. But it kind of shows me, like, oh wow, you can get away with like if like, and this is like obviously, hopefully nobody's gonna put me on a list for saying so this because I, I love Disney. I would never do anything crazy there, but like you know, you could do something crazy there and it, probably get away with it. Sure seems like we it. did. We did. Uh, my friend and I went there. Well, some of my friends had passes, but this was like two thousand three or two thousand four. Okay. Anyways. We 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 always wanted to ride the haunted mansion all the way back to the front. Oh, oh wow! So we jumped off, and the guy working the ride, he's like halfway through the little you know escalator thing, standing there. So mm -hmm. we get off, we, we go around him. He doesn't turn around. He's not looking behind him. Yeah, getting off the ride. We jump back on, and the bar closes back down. We're like, oh my god, here we go! <laughs> and you go through this long pitch black hallway for like a hundred yards and we're like dude where are we going and then all of a sudden you come around the corner and then you start coming down to like the main room where everyone is loading again mm -hmm. 
everyone is just staring at us. And <laughs> dude, they were pissed. They're like, what are you guys doing here? We're like, we didn't know where to get off. And, like, excuses. and she's like, what do you mean you didn't know where to go? There's a guy telling you to where to get off. So like, no, we didn't know. And she's like, uh, follow, follow, follow me. We're like, all right. We go down these corridors and stairs and doors. And then we end up right next to the train station, like where you're in line for Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, do you guys have annual passes? We're like, no. She's like, do you have your tickets? We're like, no, we don't have them. And she's like, well, you have to have something. <laughs> and we're like, no, we don't have them. She's like, stay right here. And then she's on her radio calling, and we we just took off. And she, she never chased us. That's so cr- yeah, they're they're getting ready to ban you. I know. Well, now nowadays, oh yeah, you'd be you'd be thrown out yeah, like in handcuffs. Don't yeah. Kill you. Sure. I've always wanted to to go see what the Disney jail looks like because. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like Brent has like is chock full of like these like random yeah. weird crazy stories. I like, walked back there. Done like, they have a behind like they have their own fire station back there because I I worked at, I worked at valet at the hotel like okay. back in the day. And when you got a job there, they would like take you around the tour. I don't know if they still do that, but no, I got a job there just to take the tour. Yeah, <laughs> and, then had, I, like, and then I and then I there's like a Disneyland fire station here. Cinderella's smoking over there. Yeah, I swear to God, it was it was crazy. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, the, I I've I've always wanted to work at Disney. Obviously, like I probably wouldn't take a job there now just because the pay would probably be too low. But that's just something I was like, damn, I wish I could be like just underground at indiana jones because that, that's my favorite ride so that's like something i'm like damn i, I wish one day i could just you know clock in and go uh, you know be a ride operator that'd be so funny but uh, yeah all, all my friends who work there are like oh you're gonna hate it like it, it ruins the magic uh, being back here and I'm like, i would be surprised if i actually ended up hating it i think i would just like it even more to see how like ridiculous it, it is backstage oh it's sweet yeah it's crazy well, you should just do what i did get the job take the tour and then just Never show up for your first shift. <laughs> <laughs> they're well, you know, they're like way more lenient now with like the dress code because, like, uh, you know, you're right, able right. to have like visible tattoos and stuff. Yeah. Like, but like, I have my hand tattoos. I don't know if like that would be okay. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure how lenient they are, but like, I, I I would love to do it just for an experience, not to like you know start a new career. But I think it would just be like a pretty interesting experience. You're trying to count money with those big old Mickey gloves on. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I remember like my, my buddy, I think he worked there or his friend did. And this is, you guys probably know this, but he said like one of the parts of the training is you're not allowed to point. Like you can't say like, go yeah. over here. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or it has to be like an open palm or something yeah. like Wait, that. Do you, do you know what that comes from? Uh, no. Okay. So apparently the story I heard is Walt Disney was always smoking. So that's an invitation of him. Cause when he points like this, oh, yeah, he's holding be. a yeah. cigarette in between two fingers. Mm. Wow. So interesting. It, yeah, so if you do the point, he would always be playing on that because he's holding the cigarette between his That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's I, a fun fact. Interesting. Okay. Well, damn. I, I, I could do Disney talk forever. So <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry, we went <laughs> offline for a little bit. No, the, 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 this is awesome. This is this is what I love because uh you know, people will uh, you know uh, ask if I have like a script or anything written down. Uh, but no, this is why I don't because conversations like this, you know, we, we find out we have Disney in common and that I want to dive into it. But um, I would love to do a, a Disney podcast with you, have you on at some point and we can just do straight Disney. It'd, it'd be so sick. I'm down. OK, cool. Uh, from the trash can. <laughs> from the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to to your first music video, which I didn't know the the, the first music video that, that I watched was also directed by Tim. 
because mm-hmm. uh, because um uh, shout out to Tim for you know hustling and uh, promoting the the music video. He sent me the the link to the um, new one, uh, which we'll get to. And he's like, oh yeah, check this out. Like uh, you know, I uh, you know directed this one. I'm like, oh cool. But then uh, you know, obviously just like diving deeper into uh, your guys' history, I, I saw that he did the, uh, the the first one as well. I'm like, oh, how come he didn't send me this one back in the day? Like this is this is crazy. <laughs> but but I I, I, I like that one because you know obviously you guys reference like a lot of like the sound clips that you used in the song. And some mm-hmm. of them, uh, while I was listening, I, I wasn't familiar with. So when I watched the music video, I'm like, all right, cool. This is awesome that I can actually see the reference and uh, understand it like way more. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I definitely appreciated that. Um, and the, the fact that, that you guys did a music video, I always talk about how it's special when bands will take that extra step to to create one. Because, you know, back in the day growing up watching like MTV, VH1 or uh, excuse me, VH1 and BET. Um, it was always, you know, that's what I was like, you know, reference. Like, All right, cool. Like there's like this new song that I like. And there was always a music video attached to it because obviously it was on TV. So they had the, the music video to go along with it. And I think just like over the years with like, you know, network television becoming less popular and bands just not really wanting to like fight to get on TV like that. They just mm-hmm. um, like looked at music videos as being like less important. So like we started to see like a lot of bands just not do it as much. So the fact that you guys were willing to do that, I thought it was super awesome. Yeah, I think that, so yeah, I've, I've kind of gone through the same story arc with music videos in the sense that like, yeah, when I was a kid, they were the be all end all of everything. Music videos were amazing, insane, like, like biggest budget music video ever. Like I just had like songs I was obsessed with and the video made me love it even more. And then I think with like the MTV generation kind of like falling by the wayside and MTV, like not doing music anymore. Uh, I feel like music videos kind of went with that. I think they probably got too expensive to produce too, but I think what ended up happening in the last like probably 10 years ish is that it became so cheap and easy to make a music video because you could get, you have access to a 4k camera for a reasonable dollar amount. You got access to Adobe premiere after effects. Um, So like it was was a lot easier to produce this stuff yourselves. And so like combine that with the fact that, we're in like this constant content cycle where it's like, you have to put out tons of content all the time or else you're irrelevant. Like, it, like just everyone's going to lose interest because everything's vying for your attention nowadays, mm-hmm. uh, like 24 seven. Right. So I think that was why it was exciting for us because it feels like music videos are relevant again and people actually care about them. And so us wanting to do that music videos, like Eric made the song and it was going to be like kind of this tribute to just horror movies because all three of us are super into horror movies um, it's one thing that we've always definitely bonded over. And uh, Eric just like started making the song because like October 31st is actually John Candy's birthday, right? Uh, he died? No, it's his death. No, he, no, he, I think it's his birthday. It's one of the two. And they, yeah, they it's his birthday. It's yeah, we should know this. <laughs> and they ended, and Canada actually ended up making it like National John Candy Day or something like that in the last year. I forget what they called it. Um, but this is like a, a thing. So that those things just a lot happened to align where like we didn't even mean for those well, things. Also, it like was that. it was the last song made for the album because we mm-hmm. realized like the the cover was like horror themed, mm-hmm. but we had no horror themed. That's song. true. Yeah, because the whole cover art for Twenty Eight Samples Later is obviously a riff on uh, Twenty Eight Days Later, like one of the best zombie movies, or I guess that's controversial to say it's a zombie movie, but one of the best ones ever made. Um, and I'm personally obsessed with the UK and everything. I love Killian Murphy, so it was super fun to kind of throw that all together but obviously tim is super into horror uh you know he has his horror moss city instagram and um him and all his buddies like they do horror podcasts and um so like it was we just saw this rad opportunity for all of us to get together and just like celebrate our love of horror 
um, in this almost like an anthology of like a music video and song um, and then go to all these real world filming locations because I personally and I think actually Eric's the same way too Brent to some extent as well like I love I'm actually obsessed with going to real world filming locations for movies kind of like Brent is like with Disneyland that's me and like just going to real places so I saw an opportunity for us to shoot a music video, make it fun, make it horror and go to like places where they filmed Halloween and, and uh, thrill Michael Jackson's thriller. And uh, where else do we go? Uh, Oh, nightmare on Elm street. The the murder house is going off right now for American horror. Yeah. American horror. story. I mean, they're filming there right now. Oh, they are. Oh yeah. Oh, nice. I mean, for what? Uh, The new American horror story. Like the original, the first season murder house Mm -hmm. um, that's in the video. And then what Brent's saying is that I guess that they're filming there again for like the newest season yeah. or something. Uh, Macaulay Culkin. Culkin right? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's interesting. Because uh, obviously I, I saw in the music video that they still had the chain link fences up. Because I remember when yeah. I went to the, the murder house to, to go check it out the first time, they only had like a floodlight out there. So if you tried to take a picture, like, you know, you would oh, like. Yeah, it was like facing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would like ruin your picture. But then they eventually started, uh, they eventually put up the, the, that fence. And I'm like, damn, that sucks that they kind of want to keep people away. And obviously, I'm not like people weren't trying to break in or anything, but I just felt like, you know, you kind of knew what you're getting yourself into when you're buying such like a, you know, a famous yeah, house are. like that. Cause like, because right. a lot of the other locations, like, you know, the, the Freddy Krueger house, I, I love that they keep like the door still red and it's just, you mm-hmm. can, you can just walk up to the, like the bushes and it's just chill. Like they're not like super crazy about it. So yep. the house from Halloween, that lady completely embraces of oh, the Lori Strode. Yeah. House, right? She gives yeah. you props. Oh, she wow. Gives, yeah, she gives you pumpkins. She's yeah. so nice. Yeah. Like, we literally filmed there for two hours, yeah. I think. Like, she, we showed up. Well, also, we had the pandemic on our side because mm-hmm. all these places we went to, the neighborhoods were desolate. So mm-hmm. we were, like, we weren't fighting crowds. We were, like, on the only ones on the streets. So it's, like, when it comes to, like, the pandemic and crowds, that worked out in our favor. Yeah, it really uh, did. For that. But, yeah, the the, the woman who owns the Lois Strode house, like, we showed up. She was apologizing, apologizing <laughs> to us that we she was in our shot, and it's her house. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> crazy. She was, like, was like rearranging the front yard so like stuff wouldn't be in our shot. Yeah, like, it's fine. Just, it's okay. yeah. They had like political posters like in the yard, and she's like, "Oh guys, here, let me move those for you." Like she was just like the, the coolest person. Like yeah. even like the their car was in the driveway, and she's like, "Oh, you guys, you want me to move the car?" We're like, "No, this is your house. Like, we're just appreciative that you're like the sweetest person on the face yeah, of the planet." And she brought up pumpkin. Yeah. Well, the best part though is it worked out with that car, that car in the driveway because um, when you go back and watch the video, and like, so I edited the video, so like I edited it so it's like doing this kind of this rolling shutter thing mm-hmm. where it's like the scene with Jamie Lee Curtis walking from the original combined with like uh, Tim's shot of modern day. And there actually is a car in the driveway in both the movie and in Tim's shot in mm-hmm. the same place. Oh, that's and it's awesome. just keeping up perfectly. So I'm actually glad she didn't move the car. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's so cool that she was so welcoming and so down for that. That That's awesome. because. Oh, yeah. Like even like in Hollywood, too, because that's where like the the um, Nightmare on Elm Street house oh, and yeah. a lot of the American Horror Story houses were. Mm-hmm. And like it, People actually didn't even really care. I think, you know, it's kind of just like uh, the status quo in Hollywood that things are getting filmed. But like we saw some people watching us from across the street of the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, house. And they were in their house watching us. And I was like, oh, dude, they're going to get so pissed that we're filming. Yeah. But like because we're all standing there in our full getups and everything. And like we catch we lock eyes with them and they're like, yeah, that's awesome. Yay! And we're like, dude, I, I would think they're used to this and it would just be like <laughs> annoying. But that was awesome yeah. that 
people seemed to embrace it pretty much everywhere we went. I don't think we had an issue at any place we went. Obviously, we didn't have permits or anything. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, even the guy at the, the Doyle house, we just said, hey, is it cool? And he's like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he's just grabbing his paper. Yeah, he's like, let me just grab my mail and get back inside. And then he didn't care. Well, hurry up, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome to hear. I, I uh, went to uh, New York with Tim a couple of years ago, and we went to the Amityville Horror House. Yeah, he showed us oh, those yeah. pictures. Yeah, yeah, and dude, we had to get in, and get out because they—that was a situation where it was like the opposite of your guys' experience. They were like pissed that we were there, like dudes cussing at us and stuff. It, it was crazy. I was like, "This is," and like I, I, I get it because obviously, like, it wasn't the story is not a positive one. But I was just like, right. like I, I didn't realize that it was like that negative over there. So I'm um, just to, to hear your guys' positive experience. That makes me happy that you guys had that kind of a time filming that music video. Well, dude, it's just like so weird. Like, I, I just don't, I mean, maybe it's unfair on my part to say this, but why would you buy a house that is so famous for whatever, famous, infamous, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and not realize that you're going to have people stopping by all the time? Like, I I love real world filming locations. I would never buy a house from a movie or a TV show specifically for that reason. I don't want people coming by all the time. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. You want to hope that everybody's like, you know, nice and uh, you know, part of the fandom, but you might get some crazy people. Right. Yeah. I mean, if people, it, but at the same time, if people did come by, I wouldn't get pissed about it. Cause it's like, I knew getting into this, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember when the murder house went up for sale like a long time ago like some friends and i were like oh like maybe we can try to con our way into getting like a a, a tour with like a realtor but th- they had like these crazy stipulations you had to do like a like a million dollar like down payment or some bs and what? yeah and i was like oh I, was like, I don't have that kind of money so i can't yeah. do that because like obviously they, they were trying to deter like people like me who were trying to like you know scheme their way in just to look at the house because like, you know being such a fan of that season by the way, that's a genius idea. I, I would have never thought of that. To like do a tour with a realtor. Oh my god, genius idea. He's like, I know. Well, like, like right now, I would love to do a tour of. Uh, I mean, this is like morbid, but the 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 La Bianca house mm-hmm. in in uh, Los Feliz. Some that Manson murder. Yeah. Right and man, I wonder if your idea would work with that. <laughs> the only one way probably- to find out. You got to try. Do a tour. I feel like if you ever want to sneak in anywhere, dude, you got to like just talk to Brent. Brent is an expert <laughs> at talking his way in or out of anything. This guy, like, dude, he needs to like, you want to go to our house tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I would, but I have another podcast. I, unfortunately, I, I apologize. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that's wild. But no, that, that that's cool. Sometimes you, you just got to social engineer your way in, and um, you you'd be surprised. Like you could fool people. You guys did that. You guys used to do that. With like, was it like a Lamb of God show? You guys did that. You and Kevin or something or Morello. It was probably Morello. Well, you also walked into a stranger's house. <laughs> they were having a party. Know, you yeah. didn't even know them. <laughs> Bro, I'm like, dude, Don, Donnie's inside there. He's like, all right, come inside. <laughs> Wait, and you you knew nobody at that party? No, nobody. That is, <laughs> it was a Halloween party, and there was food and drinks, and I'm like, dude, we're we're getting in this front door because like the dad was getting pissed that people kept coming in. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, D- Donnie's right there. He's right. He's like, all right, come on. Like, right. they always say, dude, confidence goes a long way, man. Yeah, yeah you just gotta act like you know what you're doing, and you're in. Because I I swear when you guys snuck like snuck into that Lamb of God show or something, you guys, you said you wore like security vests or something. <laughs> I could Am I making this? That. I swear you said you did this. <laughs> we we could have, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, it sounds like something you guys would have done. Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. That's <laughs> wild. Okay. I mean, we got into Disneyland that one time. Well, I mean, that, I was with you, but it was like, you just kept tripling down. Oh, yeah. That I had to... Oh, yeah, there's a Disney story. Yeah, oh, that's true. I mean, I didn't have a pass at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I, my brother had a pass. And just, uh, you know, for uh, visual, mental reference, I was like 22 and my brother was like 12. <laughs> and uh, I was using his pass to get in. And one lady looks at the photo and she's like, oh, this isn't you. And I am, I oh figure, God, no. yeah, I figure why lie? So I'm like, oh, you know what? My fault. I grabbed my brother's by mistake. And I was like, I'm not even going to try to get in. And then she's like, well, I'm not giving it back till your brother picks it up. And I was like, didn't you see the photo? My brother's like 10 years old. I was like, he's not going to drive down here to pick it up. And then so she calls a lead over and the lead comes and she's like, what's your name? I'm like, Eric. And the same last name that's on the pass. And she goes, and you own one? I'm like, I do. I've had one for five years. And this is all, I'm like riffing. Uh-huh. Right. And she goes, okay, well, I'll go look you up. And if you have a pass, I'll let you in. And I'm like, but, okay. But you didn't have one, right? I didn't have one. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I'm like, okay, go look me up. I'm like, you'll find it. Go look it up. <laughs> and then, yeah, <laughs> hey, that's crazy. She leaves and me and Brenda are like, oh my God. I'm like, dude, we're so screwed. <laughs> I don't own a pass. She's going to come back and we're in deep shit. So she comes back. We see her walking over. I'm ready to be like, will you go check again? Because <laughs> I do have a pass. <laughs> <laughs> and then she literally hands me back the pass. She goes, yeah, he has a pass. They can come in. Yeah, and we're like, <laughs> what just happened? One, that she didn't is- even look. She just pretended to yeah. do that. Yeah. She probably was like, I, I don't want to deal with like an issue. Let me just kind of smooth it over. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's how you can get into business for free. <laughs> yeah, just bite your way in. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, back in the day, it was like easier to get in because it, it was just uh, a, a random ticket and, and like a hand stamp. So people oh, used yeah. to, you know, you just, yeah. just rub. Yeah, just like rub the <laughs> hand stamp. And it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it was so much easier to, to sneak in, but obviously now it's like way more uh, complicated yeah. and with the pictures. No, there's, no, there's no way you're it's like you that. almost need like retina scan, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, like fingerprints and whatever else. And microchip you at this point. <laughs> well, I already got my microchip, yeah, oh, both shots, dude. Oh, yeah, the John Dawson, yeah, <laughs> the, the shot doubles as a microchip to get into Disneyland. <laughs> I I would take it. I, I would get one. <laughs> Give me four. <laughs> one in each appendage. <laughs> oh, something I was gonna mention though, dude. So yeah, we were talking about like real world filming locations. It's a good segue into the new video we made. Um, because like so like out of the three of us, I think we, we we all like Dexter, but I'm like the Dexter super fan, like the obsessed guy. Like I literally lived in Long Beach for a year half because i knew they filmed most of the show in long beach mm-hmm. um, so we ended up my wife and i ended up living there for a year and we lived like four blocks from dexter's actual house like where dexter and Re- dexter and rita lived in the show and um like i would just I'd give my friends bicycle tours on the weekends like we'd drive around and so like i remember brent and his yeah, wife came we drove we rode our bikes all around long beach i took them to all like the major spots from the show and so we were thinking about doing something similar for the the song that we made, the Bay Harbor Butcher, of going to like all the real world filming locations, like maybe just filming us, like you know, playing in front of like Dexter's house or like a bunch of other different spots, Deb's house or something like that. We were like, oh, we kind of already did that. I mean, granted, we were just walking around in the other video, but like we were like, let's just like 
kind of give people a glimpse into like what, what one of our live shows looks like, you know, how we, how we try to, you know, have fun and entertain you and that kind of thing. And so um, we decided to just shoot at my garage. We're actually sitting on the, on the set right now in my garage. <laughs> it's like, this is, we just covered it all in plastic and Tim came over a couple Fridays ago and we just got some little Caesars pizza and some, <laughs> some Mai Tais. And, you know, we filmed the music video from like 8 PM till 4 AM and it was super fun. That's awesome. No, I I was surprised because I had no idea Tim was doing that kind of work, uh, especially with uh, music or with any type of band. So when he sent that, I was like, oh, for sure. Like, you know, Tim, uh, Tim's, uh, you know, for the record, it's like my oldest friend um, in Orange County. I, I met him like the first year that I moved here and, you know, uh, still cool with him to this day. So um, it, it, it's cool to see him, you know, uh, working on like a cool project like that. So he sent me that link and I was like, hell yeah, like I'm definitely going to uh, check it out and support and obviously like i was already familiar with you guys from the uh, second show video that i saw and i was like really surprised I was like oh like i had no idea tim uh, could do that kind of work so I, I was like you know super supportive and i sent it to like a bunch of people that i knew that uh, you know would like it that you know, probably weren't familiar so you know just hey, to, yeah no, no no problem i'm i'm you know and, and that's also why i want to do this podcast too because i want to um, you know help spread the word because I'm, I'm just so proud to you know uh, live in orange county and uh you know be part of uh, the scene so to know that there's like a cool band like you guys here doing cool stuff i, I want to you know put that uh you know out there and just like let people know like hey uh, there's some cool shit going on you guys should check this out no i really appreciate it dude yeah like i think uh heavy music kind of uh i didn't like wayne i don't know i just feel like there was like a five to ten year period where people were just kind of like getting over heavy music or it seemed like it a little bit and now it's kind of starting to come back and it's just it feels rad to just be be doing this stuff in Orange County, the place where we grew up or all these bands we idolized and grew up on and, and loved and made such a rad metal scene in Orange County to now like kind of be part of like, you know, I don't know if anything's happening here right now, but if it is, we'd love to be a part of it. And uh, yeah, we just, just all we want to do right now is just play shows. We want kind of the pandemic to subside and um, we just want to play a bunch of little shows all over the place and, and have fun with it. I mean, we strictly do this just because it's fun like we don't make any money off it we all have jobs outside of this we just do it because it's it's fun for us and it's it's creatively it's it's liberating because we don't have anybody we answer to like we we do everything in house like every last bit of this band is done among the three of us like besides like obviously tim directing the video and helping us with that beyond that like just the general day-to-day music creation and all that it's uh it's a kind of a one-stop shop, but we're just, we're just starting to get out there and just play some shows. If we could do like one show a month with like 20 to 30 people there. Like we would be insanely stoked. Yeah. The, the, I would just uh, want to be aware of the next gig. Cause I, I felt like I was just uh, oblivious. Cause obviously, like I said, I was like, my introduction to you guys was your second show. And then, uh, you know, finding out about hate five, six, I was like, Holy shit. Like how I just missed this. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, and w- one thing that, that I haven't had a chance to ask you guys is um, uh, who w- was on the bill for those first two shows with you guys? Like what kind of music was it? And like um, how, who put it together? That, that's what I'm so curious about. Oh, it was hardcore. It was, it was from that. What? what? It so, was a massive hardcore show in Garden Grove. Yes. At the, what do they call it? Garden Amp or something like that? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Right there off like. Um, yeah. Main. And then this kind of like a little break off show bands. That didn't play or did play? Well, it was Isaac. Or... I, Isaac was a guy who got into us, and he's like from a bunch of like old school 
hardcore bands like uh, uh what was it a 18 i think course of course of disapproval mm-hmm. um he's the singer for all these bands and he just like d- just stumbled on us and liked us and he's like hey i'm throwing this like offshoot show over at program that's kind of like the companion show to this other big hardcore fest going on we'd love to have you guys on it so um we played that show with him he was doing an, a project called account catastrophic uh we also played that show with uh red bait um i think bystander uh, i forget the last band's name um so it was all hard that was all hardcore bands uh count catastrophic was kind of like murder i think he calls it like murder rap or something like that um and then the second show was kind of funny because isaac set that one up too uh but then he had he had some medical issues he had to take care of so he had to drop off and i think we had another band that was going to play they had to drop off so literally that second show just ended up being us and this awesome synthwave group called Sour Patch Boys that Eric found on Bandcamp or SoundCloud, I think. Yeah. yeah cool. um, it was going to be Davey. Oh, yeah. Davey. For all the damn vampires. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it just ended up being just us two. And so the Sour Patch Boys opened. Like, they're just, it just sounds like their music's ripped, like, straight up, like, Stranger Things or something like that. It's super, super cool. Because, like, we love that. Like, we're a band of contrast. So we love, like, playing with bands that aren't necessarily heavy bands. Like they're just like straight up synth wave and they're awesome. And so they opened and then we went and did our crazy thing in that show. And that was it. Just two bands on that one. The other one was like four or five, I think. But the funny thing was that first one is that it was, it ended up being, we got there because we had our whole pizza idea. We're like, we're like, you know, interactive. We're going to give out pizza to the crowd and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And we get there and it's like, it's like straight up like vegan straight edge show. And we're like, dude, everyone's going to think we're like the most disrespectful <laughs> assholes if we're like handing out pizza to the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> They, they might think you're trying to provoke them. Exactly. So we uh, X-made that idea, I think, smartly. But then we did it in the second show, and that was that was great. Because no, everyone thought it was fake. We started trying to give them the pizza. They're like, nah. And they're like, no, it's real. Eat it. They're like, oh, sweet. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was part of like the whole theme of playing the Home Alone song. And, uh, you know, the 122.50 plus tip is the title. And that's the what they're supposed to pay the pizza delivery driver in the, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little heroes. Yeah, and uh, we wrapped people in like uh, Christmas lights and stuff, and it was just super, super fun, man. Yeah, and it's also awesome. Uh, I I reached out to Sonny uh, like last week to you know talk about how he ended up at program to film you guys because uh, um, obviously I I was just so surprised that he was there so like early on obviously you guys' first show and uh, he was uh, you know stoked to, to hear that i was going to do a podcast with you guys and i i, I mentioned to him I'm like yo like uh, they just put out the same music video like you got to you know tap in and check it out and, and he was like super stoked to hear that you guys were uh, you know still staying busy and um, you know putting new stuff out there so it, it was cool to, to talk to somebody like him who's uh, you know obviously uh, in Philadelphia and I'm, you know, doing a, a lot for, for the music scene and uh, for, for him to be aware of you guys and to be down to film you guys. I, I thought that was just like such an awesome thing. Oh yeah. That was yeah one, the coolest dude ever, but two, that was all Eric just randomly sliding into his DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Cause going do full circle, bringing it back, people being awesome and actually responding. He's a person who actually responds to his gosh damn messages. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, I, I hit him up because I saw he was going to that fest. And all I did was just ask him if he was coming to um, the show on Sunday. He didn't know what was happening Sunday. I explained it. And then he asked me if I was playing the show. And I I said, well, I mean, that's not why I was hitting him up. But, yeah, we are. I sent him, like, the link and the clips. And he was like, wow, this is really cool. Uh, he's like, I'm really interested, blah, blah, blah. And then 
but he said, but sorry, I can't make it. I've got a flight. And then I was like, no worries, man. It was just nice to talk to you. I was like, big fan of your page. And then we showed up to program and there he was. He changed his flight and we ended up seeing him. We didn't even know he was coming, to be honest. Yeah. We just got there and he was setting up his equipment. And that was the funny thing too, is like the only reason that like our stuff actually got posted on his page, you know, his Instagram and his YouTube um, was because like, I don't know, get people just don't understand this about him and what he does. Like it's what he does is basically like you vote on what bands get posted. Mm -hmm. If you don't vote, the band doesn't get posted. He doesn't decide anything that gets posted. He's like a super smart guy. He's a coder. He's all about machine learning, uh, AI, that kind of stuff. So like he has this whole platform he built out. So you just have to vote for bands. If you want the video to get posted and you know, whatever bands get votes, they get posted. Like, I think literally we had two votes that one was me. And then because I just did that and other people weren't paying attention, seeing this is how this stuff gets posted, mm-hmm. we got posted. And that's how anybody heard us. Yeah, that is insane that you were able to kind of just sneak in and uh, cast that vote and uh, you know get it pushed <laughs> out. Because, uh, yeah, I, I had Sunny on the podcast. Uh, it wasn't this year. It was like last year. Uh, yeah, 2020. He was um, uh, he was the first guest. I wanted to start the year off with, um, with him just because I'm such a fan of his work and uh, I'm sure like a lot of the stuff that he does like is like thankless and people probably take him for granted. But like, I just didn't want to do that. And I wanted just to show him love and just to kind of be able to pick his brain. And yeah, to, to hear how that whole system works, I think it's brilliant because it kind of leaves him out of like the equation for him to get, you know, uh, criticism, uh, you know, for people who like to accuse him of like, you know, any like, you know, bias, uh, you know, um, uh, opinions or putting, you know, pushing bands out uh, quicker than other bands. So for him to kind of step back and be like, nope, this is all up to you guys. Uh, have fun with it. I, I think that, that that's like a brilliant idea. And, and I, I love that it's out there. And I, I wish more people would pay attention and know that like, they have the, that kind of power. And I, I honestly feel like a lot of people read that when he posts about it and think that it's not true, but it's like, no, like you really do. You just have to yep. go and be interactive with it. I mean, it's just a perfect example of like something you learned in like second grade. It's just like, read the damn instructions, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's all, that's all I did. I just read about it. And he's like, he's such a humble guy. And the funny thing is like, people still spew such anger at him. And I'm just like, I don't get it. It's like, why won't you post this video and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you guys are just so clueless. And I think that's just like the dark side, the crappy side of social media. People just want to be angry about anything and everything for no reason, with like kind of no foundation to why they're angry. They just like make an assumption and they assume it's the truth. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I like uh, people. Uh, yeah, they probably just don't understand like the, the things that he has to deal with. And even there's like there's so many things that go on behind the scenes that people who are a part of this just don't even realize, don't understand like how shitty things can be sometimes. So uh, yeah, for, for me, for I'm um, you know to be able to have had Sonny on the podcast, and for him to even to this day still respond to my messages whenever I, I hit him up about you know, if I have a question or even just wanting to talk to him about him filming you guys, like, you know, he, he's still um, just a real down to earth person and like always got back to me, always kept it real. So uh, for, for me, I uh, appreciate that of, of him. And and like I said, for what he does for the community is it's, it's amazing. So I, I always um, you know have a ton of respect for, for him and what he does. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Just what he, I think what he does for the community and for the scene is just, is just massive and like we we try to give him credit wherever we can like when i look at like our spotify analytics or youtube analytics whatever it is like you can see the spike that was that that spiked all of our traffic because of his video because of what he did for us 
and how it's exposed us to so many people. You can literally see it on a, on a chart. Um, like, yeah, right here, this is where hate five, six happened. And I've sent that to him before just being like, dude, Hey, yeah, just every, every now and then it was like, Hey, thanks again for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that, that's super sick. And, uh, it, it's amazing how just like, you know, your, your video getting posted on his page can, you know, kind of just like have you guys grow in popularity and just get in front of that many more people's eyes or ears that, you know, probably would have just, uh, you know, kept scrolling or probably just would have never even, you know, stumbled upon you guys. Yep. Oh, absolutely. I don't know how anyone else would have heard us otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, for me, I, I, I credit Tim. So for, for him posting that video, uh, and me catching that because I and it's crazy too because uh, I, I could have easily not opened Instagram at, at that time or that day and just missed it, uh, but to to have caught it and just to kind of like talk about it with uh, you know some of our mutual friends and just kind of be like damn like how did we miss that and you know to end up here like th- th- this is crazy because when uh, uh, Tim reached out and, and asked if I'd be interested in, in talking to you guys I was like yeah I was like I've been wanting to talk to you guys since I saw that video. I just didn't know how to get in contact, but I figured that since we're all like local to Orange County, that it, it would happen in some weird way. And like, I literally didn't even know that Tim was friends with you guys. So for him to reach out, I'm like, oh, wow, this is it. This is that. This is how it's going to happen. So I'm like, yeah, this is this is super sick. And I, I, I was like down like 100 percent as soon as he reached out. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we're very grateful. And thank you so much for just even talking to us. And yeah, that, I think it's worth stating, too, for anyone that's going to be listening, like, we respond, even if I don't like what you say, I, I'm probably going to respond. Like, I'd like, at the end of the day, this is just like a thing where it's like, we're all in this together. Let's, let's talk. Let's have fun. Like, you know, this is, this is the whole purpose of all this for us. Um, since you had wanted to talk to us, is there anything you haven't asked us yet? You wanted to ask, you got us. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, we have, okay. Um, I haven't asked, uh, the band, uh, obviously like I, I looked at like, um, you know, some of the, the socials, uh, it says Anaheim, but, uh, is that where you guys are like the, the bands like properly claiming or is it, uh, anywhere else it's specific orange maybe, but I think we said Anaheim because like Disneyland, honestly, I feel like we said that <laughs> yeah, at some point, it's a little bigger, uh, you know, someone from Louisiana is going to be like orange. Oh, Anaheim. I know Anaheim. Yeah. So a little more, I don't know. Yeah, maybe a little Anaheim, little orange, because we all used to live in uh, Anaheim Hills yeah. too, and like a bachelor pad for a while. Um, so yeah, maybe I'd say those two cities. <laughs> okay, well, um, honestly, yeah, that was like the only thing that I've uh, that I wanted to ask that I didn't really get a chance to get in. But um, oh, obviously, you guys put out your, your latest single with the, the the music video tied to it. Uh, is that just the first of uh, many new singles uh, leading up to an album? Are you guys working on something new for 2021 or uh, what's the uh, game plan for this year? That was just like a one-off just cause like I've been dying to do a Dexter song mm-hmm. since I fell in love with the series years ago. Um, so that was just like a one-off little fun things. And we just wanted to shoot a video for it. And we were talking to Tim about it. And we were all just like riffing so many ideas. We were just like, let's just make this happen. Um, we're always writing because it's just, Cause the way that we write the music or that really that Eric writes the music mm-hmm. is, uh, is pretty easy. And so it's, uh, I mean, the arrangements are the hard part, obviously like just finding like clips and stuff to use can sometimes be difficult, but it just depends. But in general, yeah, we're just working on a new EP now just because we just did two full lengths last year. And now we kind of want to experiment with some, some new sounds, uh, do a little less of the um, actually like movie and TV quotes, uh, probably gonna be a little heavier, a little darker, um, 
Eric is describing it in a way that makes me so happy. <laughs> He's describing it as like a mix of like Beach House, who's like very like kind of like indie, like literally like like beachy kind of vibe band, like almost like spacey surf rock or something. It's like dream pop. Yeah, yeah. Mi- mixed with Mashuga. So like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> but like it, I think it encapsulates it perfectly because if you hear like the couple songs he's been writing, I'm just like, oh dude, yeah, that is Beach House Mashuga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about that. I want to do a little vocal experimentation too. And one of uh, Tim's friends, Arturo, right? Yeah, Arturo. yeah. He's gonna do some guest vocals for us because Eric just happened to watch a video of him doing vocals, and he's like, "Dude, he's got some sick lows. Let's throw him on the EP. We're gonna get him in there too." And you mentioned your love for uh, for, for Dexter, and uh, with the way that the uh, you know series ended, I know a lot of people weren't happy with it, and it's making its uh, comeback. Uh, where, where do you line that whole? I don't know. Oh, I'm very excited. I'll tell you all about it, my friend. Uh, so, <laughs> so basically, yeah, the show ended up sucking by season eight. It was like one through four were amazing. Five was good. Six was terrible. Seven was great. Eight was terrible again. So they ended on a terrible note. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't do the series justice. And so whatever, I think it ended like seven or eight years ago or something like that. And I guess Michael C. Hall, um, you know, Dexter was saying like he would only come back if like there was a story worth telling. And I guess they finally got it right. They're kind of doing like a redo of like the final season, I think. Um, and so it's going to be called, it's going to be season nine, though. They've actually been filming it in uh, upstate New York over the last several months. I think it's actually coming out, I want to say, in like six months or less. Um, but it's kind of like a revival, kind of a do over of the last season, really. Um, and we just we just happened to time the song and the video perfectly, not on purpose. It was complete happenstance that the video and song came out within days, if not like hours of all these new Dexter teasers coming out too. So that was kind of cool. And I think that got a bunch of people to check us out because because there's a, kind of like in the zeitgeist, people are really getting back into Dexter again and remembering why they fell in love with the show and they're excited to see a do-over of a crappy last season. We got to play the premiere then. Yep. <laughs> right. It's in the works. Hell yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of Michael C. Hall. I, I wish he would do more, uh, you know, uh, movies and TVs. Uh, but but I'm, I'm stoked that it's coming back. I'm you know really curious to to check it out and see how. Uh, and is it only gonna be one more season, or are they gonna? Yeah, it's just a one one season, um, one story arc. And one thing I'm excited about is the the main bad guy. I forget his name in real life. Like uh, it's Clancy something or other. He's like one of like the the dickhead guards in Shawshank Redemption. If you remember that movie. Um, he's been in a ton of things. He's always a jerk, um, mm-hmm. and he's going to be a great bad guy, a great antagonist in the in the uh, season. I think I'm going to botch this. Wow. There was that newer Netflix series, um, and it was like that dude who was like a stalker. He like got like overly attached to girls, and he would. Oh, you, you. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I want to say her- like, total Dexter ripoff, but yeah. I loved it. <laughs> okay, all right. I had to ask because I I saw so many like similarities. I'm like, huh, I wonder if he's interested well, in that. They acknowledged it in season two. They said something like, you know, this thing you're doing, is kind of kind of a lot like Dexter. Like they said it on the show. I was like, I was really glad they get, did that nod to Dexter because, I mean, the show followed almost the same story arc. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, damn. This has been awesome. I'm, I'm glad to finally have you guys on the podcast. I, I, I love that uh, Orange County uh, has something special like you guys. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping in the, in the future, I'm hoping that you know people b- become more aware and you guys are able to be more active because it would be cool to to finally be able to, to catch a live set. For sure, dude. Yeah, we'll definitely let you know when the 
next one's going to happen. I mean, we'll probably try to start booking it in the next couple of months. I'm thinking slash hoping. Yeah. 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 I would imagine so at this point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely let you know, dude. Okay. And before we go, is there anything you guys want to say or shout out before we sign off? Uh, <laughs> uh, let me think. Uh, yeah, we're on everything. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, you name Spotify, Apple Music, pretty much you name it. We Everything's all under the John Candy. Um, new music video and song are the Bay Harbor Butcher, Dexter Inspired. Um, working on a new EP. Very excited about that. Two full lengths came out last year, Orange County and 28 Samples Later. Um, and they were super fun to make. And uh, we hope you guys check them out. And just thank you guys for listening to us. And we'll play shows soon. We'll play shows soon. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. There you guys have it. Thank you for tuning in. This has been awesome. And we'll be back soon. <laughs>